Hello and welcome to episode 82 of Melomania Fan Fuel Motorsports Podcast, the podcast where fans fuel talk about motorsport. Tonight we have guest host Dalton Good with us. Uh, he is running a little bit behind. Uh, we kind of got a little bit mixed up uh, today with him because apparently uh, uh, myself uh, was not smart enough to get Dalton's in the central time zone, not eastern time zone with us. But I am joined today by Keith Merritt, who's been off for a couple weeks, and Colton is off tonight. Uh, he's taking a breather after basically being on for the last several months with my new work schedule. So uh, he's the only one that hasn't been able to take a breather. I do want to go ahead and welcome you back, Keith, and ask what you've been doing. Oh, man. Um, you know, just watching some really boring races lately. Some really, really boring races. Nothing to talk about. Nothing. Nothing at all, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, there's been a couple of races since we last saw everyone. Um, so we will talk a little bit about Homestead um, uh, since we did not get to do that because we had a great episode between uh, my dad standing in for me and, of course, Colton hosting the show uh, with World of Outlaws driver Tanner English, driver number 83E. Uh, car in the late model series there i did want to say something about tonight uh is prelim night for the uh charlotte dirt world finals um and they are pretty uh stacked i guess because they have three uh fields of the big block modifieds the um i'm sorry i'm trying to put my mic into it and drop to the other mic. hopefully you can hear me a little bit better now um, oh, we're good. All right. Uh, they're, they're doing the uh, big block modified, two plate models, and the four And uh, that is a 74 night series, I think, uh, this year. And they have full long season long uh, And I just want to shout out that uh, a couple weeks ago, there was a 98 feet spread between first and second place and Brad Street and David Gravel, and with three nights of racing left this week at the Charlotte Dirt World Finals, uh, it's only 16 points. And it's wow. two positions. So, eight spots separate David Gravel from taking Brad Street's spot as the leader of the point and eventual champion. So, it should be a great three uh, races. I was supposed to be there this week, uh, but I do need to uh, kind of shout my parents out for for kind of blue-balling me, uh, we were all supposed to go. My parents and me and Myra uh, were supposed to go to the to the World Finals this year in Charlotte because we moved up there, and, you know, it was, it was going to be something fun, and they decided to go to Miami instead. So I'm at their house. You can see my dad's race room behind me. I'm taking, taking care of their dogs this week while they are uh, getting on a plane and going to Miami. So that's, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Good he, stuff, man. You haven't been up to all that, have you? Oh, man, I've been working, did some Halloween stuff, got to do some some spooky walkthroughs um, for consecutive weekends, um, cool. went to a Halloween party the, for a bunch of friends I haven't seen in a long time, so it was nice to, to do that. Um, outside of that, man, it's just been working and, and trying to fit in a little bit of fun, but um, thankfully I've been able to watch um, the majority of the races, you know, with the work schedule and everything, trying to fit it all in as... Uh, it's a, a, a fun task to try to do, um, but, you know, I was able to watch all three races um, for the most part um, of the final round heading into the championship round this weekend. 
Um, you know, Vegas was uh, was a solid race. Homestead was was a bunch of fun, and then Martinsville was Martinsville. So, um, yeah. it's been a pretty uh, pretty tame few weeks, but um, nonetheless, I've gotten some decent paychecks out of it. So I can't really say I'm all that upset about it. Yeah, well, uh, I can say that uh, it's been fun. I know we're gonna go over Martinsville, but here's to the round of tw- uh, of eight this year. Uh, three very good tracks. Um, very happy about it. I hope it stays something similar like that. And it looks like our guest host just hopped on. But let's welcome in uh, the soon to not be Candyman anymore himself, leader of Rowdy Nation, Dalton Good. What's Damn. up, Dalton? <laughs> that's that's sad. To, that's sad to say. Um, uh, yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, sorry, I'm a little bit behind, but uh, glad to be with y'all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. We were just kind of kind of leading into getting to some talks about it. I know you guys talked about it on the Left Turn Cult about uh, Homestead, but we had Ward of Outlaws driver Tanner English on last week, so we didn't get to it. But I just do want to get some thoughts about the weekend. First and foremost, uh, if you guys listened to the DBC episode with uh, Caitlin Vinci right after that, uh, she mentioned that it was weird um, that the trucks weren't crowning a champion on uh, her show on Fox Sports 1. Um, and I did want to ask you guys, after seeing those three races that weekend, um, is it still the general consensus that we're at the wrong track for the finale? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I either fix the short track package or the uh, or the flat track package, or go back to Homestead. Uh, see, see, when we went to Phoenix in 2020, I was happy about it because, in my honest opinion, I thought the Phoenix fall race was one of the most underrated races of the year. Um, it put on some good uh, races. Like I want to say uh, 2016, 2014, 2017, 2018, the Phoenix fall races. Those were memorable races to watch. Yeah. And when I remember when they made the announcement, they were going to fans. I'm like, okay, I, it's going to be like Homestead never left pretty much. But then, you know, we get to 2020 and it was like that yeah. was the most boring championship race I think we've I, had. Yeah, yeah I'm like, I mean, not every championship race is going to be balls to the wall or a barber or anything like that. And then we get to the next year, I'm like, uh, okay, okay, this is starting not to do it for me. But and then, then we had the spring race this year, Phoenix, and I thought, uh, okay, we, we we need to stop coming here. But they unfortunately want to keep on coming back here. I don't know why. Uh, I feel like there are better tracks that we can do for the championship race. Um, Las Vegas, might I add? Uh, yeah. I would die for a Las Vegas championship race, dude. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You, you can't really have that, though, because the SMI. I know that we would all love that because yeah. it's a long, worn-out surface, but that's a, that's the biggest thing. I, I don't know. Keith, what, what do you think about the Homestead uh, playoff situation for not being uh, in the championship? Well, I understand it to a degree um, because I know they made a really big – renovation with phoenix they flipped the track around and uh they made it very much fan friendly they have the fan zone in the middle um when they flipped the grandstands the sun is no longer on the fans anymore um so it makes it a lot more enjoyable for a fan to be there um so really it it comes down to the fact that they went they renovated the racetrack and now they want to try to do whatever they can to try to you know fulfill whatever they're trying to get out of it um which is, it, it's a great business idea, but when you look at it now, we've done two championship races there. 2020 was meh. 2021, the championship was decided on a pit stop. You know, it, it's not like you have many options to roll around. Right. You know, Homestead, I mean, 
shit, dude. You had Kyle Larson run on the wall. You had AJ Allmendinger running at the at the bottom of the line. You know, so there were so many different lines around the racetrack that you could run. And sure, you had Kyle Larson dominate the race. But at the end of the day, if you panned around for just a second, you'll see battles on every part of the racetrack. High, low, middle, anything. Um, you know, and not to say that that's not the same thing with Phoenix, but it's different. Um, and not to mention just Phoenix doesn't have that championship vibe. You know, for, for whatever reason, Miami... Like when they rolled into Miami and I saw the cars on the track, it felt like championship weekend. We're heading into the fall, like into, into November and we're racing at Homestead. It feels like we're crowning a champion today. Right. So yeah, it, it, it was a bummer. And I do want to put this in too. Like, let's, let's be real. Larson dominated almost every championship race in Miami, whether he was in the playoffs or not. Right, right, right. And uh, we, we can, we can put on the four hats or not with that, <laughs> but um, something, uh, I know that there was some stuff said about attendance and, you know, they, they took out the turn one seats and all this other stuff, um, about Homestead, but at the end of the day, for me, I look at a racing product over, over TV as being way more important than the fans in the stands. Um, and I say that only because, um, if it looks good on TV, more people are going to see it. You know, but but we've had this championship race that doesn't look good on TV for the past two years. But I'm sorry, but if the championship race has been declining and declining and it had a sharp decline last year for the second year of this Phoenix race, I don't see how we're going to get an increase this year, even though we've had better ratings this year. So for me, the racing doesn't pass the eye test, and that's the biggest thing for me. That's what Homestead gave us. And Keith, you mentioned it. The five car dominated that race, but everywhere behind it, there was guys going all four lanes in in uh, three and four and using either the line or the wall in one and two. And you don't get that anywhere else because we took out Texas, we took out uh, Atlanta, and and we basically just haven't had that since low horsepower came to play at Charlotte. So you don't get those kind of multi-groove racing anymore. Maybe sometimes at Kansas, but it's more top dominant than multi-groove. So um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that we're doing the right thing with this Phoenix championship, but uh, we did see today that Phoenix got a new president um, of the track, and that's Latasha Kalsi. I think I'm saying that right. It might be Kalsi. I'm not sure. Um, she apparently has been in the Phoenix area just dominating some um, marketing and business ventures, uh, and she, she should be very good for the sport and overall. Uh, not just Phoenix Raceway, but that tends to make me think that we won't be leaving Phoenix for another few years. It could be just like we had, a, I think, 15 finales at Homestead. We we could see 8 to 10 at, at Phoenix before we move. What do you guys think about that? I mean, if they fix the package and they kind of uh, allow these drivers to run a different way around, then we got a really good race on our hands. Um I don't know about you guys, but the dog leg has always been something that I'm not too fond of ever since they paved it. I've always loved the, the, the grass aspect of it because it makes you have to work around another driver instead of driving yourself all the way down to the bottom of the racetrack, um, swing back up and, and try to steal the spot away. Um, but that's just me. You know, I, I loved the original Phoenix layout. I thought it was perfect. Um, but I know this is where we're at now. Um, but overall, if they fix the package and they allow these drivers to run a race and you fix the tire where you can have these cars have some tire fall off in it, 
um, you can absolutely have a solid race. Um, and I think if, and this is a big if, we move from NBC, I would love to see this race run under the lights. I mean, absolutely. that would be yep. fan-freaking-tastic. But I, I know it's going to be really, really hard, um, damn near impossible with it being on NBC, considering they got Sunday Night Football. So um, if we can move away from that and maybe go to you know ESPN or CBS or something, or Fox even, um, I would absolutely love to see a Phoenix Night Race championship. Yeah, I miss the old night race. Uh, what what do we stop getting it? We stopped getting it in 2009. 2010. 2010, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dalton, do you uh, relish in the Phoenix under the lights race? Uh, I believe it was a spring race for a bit, and then it moved to the fall. Uh, do you do you think that that's a good viable option if we keep it at Phoenix? D- d- dude, yes. Like, bring it back. Like, childhood <laughs> memories there. Yeah. So um, it's interesting what you said about the dog leg. I think we're going to use that as a point later on uh, when we talk about Martinsville. Um, but getting back to uh, Homestead, did you guys think that, that there was any really controversy that went on, or was it just a procedural mile-and-a-half race that had a good race, uh, or did you think that there was any controversies across the three three races? Finally, for the first time in this playoffs, no. And that's just refreshing to have because, yeah. like, we we've been so pissed off ever since the the, the Daytona season finale, regular season finale. Yeah, pretty and much. <laughs> and it was just nice to have a, a break, like a non-controversial weekend. I mean, Trucks put on a good show. Uh, Xfinity was, in my opinion, the best race of the weekend. And Cup, I I know Kyle Larson dominated, but it, I said this at the beginning of the year. You're you're gonna have like a dominant race at some point. I mean, I know we hadn't had that this yeah, year and that's surprising honestly yeah and, and i thought well at some point it's gotta it's gonna happen right like you're, you're gonna get that i mean i know like we yeah. complained about it but again like there's always gonna be dominance so you're not gonna ever get rid of that it, it's gonna happen at some point but it is what it is i mean at least there were good battles like all across the field it's, instead of like just i know there wasn't any for the lead and that's what we want but nbc i thought they did a really good job at, uh showing battles like all across the track because they were all over the place so I do appreciate that. And that's that's huge, is having TV know where to point the camera. Because you put butts in the seats, you can look around the track anytime you want to. You can find your favorite driver. You can find battles on the track. If you have the TV partner not showing any of that and just showing the race leader, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get shit reviews. You're going to get yep. shit ratings. You're yep. not going to get a good run. Um but overall with Homestead, what I really, really enjoyed about it was the fact that it felt like an old school race in the sense that one driver kicked ass, yet the rest of the field battled amongst each other. One driver stood out amongst the rest. I mean, if, even if you want to throw MTJ in there too, regardless of his his situation where he got spun on pit road, um, he was still balls to the wall fast. He was so freaking fast, and he drove up from the back of the field all the way up to seventh. Um pretty quick so there was only a handful of drivers that could run with that five car and i love that like i i don't want every race to be a race where you have 13 drivers switching the lead every 10 laps you know that's why we got plate racing for you know i yeah. love to see the drivers be able to to run the race in their hands i love seeing the team's innovation i love seeing just a race that's as pure as that if you took away stages for that particular race that would have been the best race in the last five years. That was actually my next question to you guys. Uh, so Keith has already answered that. So Dalton, 
we got breaking news. Uh, Keith, get ready to be happy. This 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 just came in. Uh, breaking news: Jimmy Johnson is finalizing a deal to obtain an ownership stake within Petty GMS organization starting in 2023. Uh, oh, sources uh, close to Johnson and Petty GMS have told the Athletic that Johnson will also drive a select races for the team. An announcement is expected this week per Jordan Biaki. That just came what? out of fucking God. left field. Yes. Holy shit! Just like the red at 2311 news. Holy shit! Wow. wow. I guess I have oh to get my myself God. an Eric Jones shirt now. Yes. Yeah. Oh God my lord. Damn. Oh shit! And Noah Gragson's gonna be over there. Like, oh, that'd be a great fucking. This is right gonna there, be great. Man. They ought to change oh, the name shit. from Petty GMS to just Seven Time Motorsports. Fuck. There you that go. That would be amazing. <laughs> Everybody is going crazy in the chat. Keith is uh, going. Keith is off to get hard right now. <laughs> yeah, Keith. Keith's got to go be beside himself. I don't that blame is, him. I don't blame him. That is incredible. Holy what? shit! So next year, Jimmy Johnson is going to be driving for Richard Petty in select races. Yes, and he's going to have ownership in the team. That is wild. Holy fuck! I thought he was done. Remember that? I thought he was too. I thought yeah. he was just going to go do like Lamar. You know, a couple of those other things. This, I thought he was, like, done for racing for good. Like, he was just going to go spend time with family. We thought. I had to, I had to change the shirt. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Change the shirt. Let's go. All right. So, let's let's let's, let's just take a little what bit of time to relish fuck? in this. And let's give <laughs> – Keith, give us your raw, your raw hard uh, – thoughts about this because this is your Jimmy boy johnson jimmy johnson said to jeff gordon and rick hendrick he would never ever be a part of a, of an ownership group um <laughs> i don't know what would have led to this um and i know that petty's had their issues in terms of funding i know that they tried really really hard to have bubba wallace kind of pair up um and i know that there was talks about jimmy going to track house for for the coke 600 for next season but but the fact that he's going to be running for 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 Petty GMS next year as a as a part time team owner is something that I was not anticipating. Um, and I think the coolest thing about it all is the fact that now you have three of the most iconic drivers of the two thousands, being Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, and now Jimmy Johnson, owning or having some kind of stake in a Cup Series team. Um, and I think if you toss Jail Junior in the mix in a, in a couple of years, you're going to have these drivers that came up that we grew up watching owning these race teams. And I think that's fucking insane. Um, I think it's really, really cool. I know that Jimmy didn't want to be done with racing. He had talked about, he's got a whole bunch of different races that he really wanted to have on his list. He really wanted Lamar. He really wanted to go back, go back to NASCAR, run this next gen car. Um, I know he still wanted to do some IMSA stuff. He still wanted to run another Indy 500, which is probably going to end up being the double now this year. That's probably what he's going to go for is the double for sure. Um, for me, um, I, he, he had so much shit that he wanted to do. Yeah. For me, I think, um, what is it, 2020 or 2021, I can't remember. I went to the Rolex 24 and I was like, this is the last time that I'm going to see Jimmy Johnson race. Because I don't plan on going any more of these IMSA races. I don't know that I'll ever be able to do Petit when he's there or Sebring or whatever. And now we're going to get to see him race in NASCAR again. Like, that's crazy. Um, I do want to answer a question from Drew. He said, can we believe that JJ uh, – or it's in it's in Chevy. Chevy, right, yeah. And he said, can we believe that JJ didn't get in with Hendrick? Um, I want to pass that to Dalton. Um can you believe that this is not a Hendrick Motorsports involvement with what Keith said about Jimmy not wanting to 
go into an ownership role unless it was with Hendrick Motorsports. Um, I mean, what do you think about that? I, yeah, that, again, that was completely out of nowhere. Again, like the Tyler Reddick uh, 2311 news that we just saw. I I thought Jimmy Johnson was going to be like a loyal Hendrick uh, employee in, so, in some way, like kind of like Jeff Gordon is. I, right. I honestly thought he would take maybe ownership stake in Hendrick Motorsports in the future, like with Jeff Gordon. Um, <laughs> dude, I, I don't know how to react to this. Like, this is just – it's weird news, but, like, that's that's big. Uh, him being one – him wanting to be with uh, Richard Petty of all uh, team, race teams. So, uh, I mean, I mean, good for him. I mean, I'm glad he's coming back for a couple of races. I'm sure the fans are happy about that. And uh, I guess another reason to look forward to uh, 2023. Well, I think also on the flip side of this – if anything, this is almost as beneficial to Hendrick Motorsports, if not. Um, what driver is directly affiliated with Hendrick Motorsports right now that's going to Petty GMS? Noah Gregson. Exactly. Ah. This could absolutely be a feeder team. If Noah Gregson finds his way into another Chevrolet team or up with Hendrick Motorsports, and if we find ourselves having you know Petty GMS expand to a three-car team, you could have, you know, a Josh Berry jump up into, you know, a, a Petty GMS car right. or a Sam Mayer. Or now with KBM moving their chains and going up into the, the Chevrolet ranks, which is probably going to end up being announced on the 4th. I know I saw that. Um, and yeah. the odds are, I've heard you know, from DBC on, uh, on the last time I listened to it on Monday, um, they said that Nick Sanchez is going to a Chevrolet team that just swapped over to Chevrolet. Didn't say who, but you can kind of connect the dots as to who's going to be going to KBM next season. Um, this is huge for Chevrolet. Huge. They just landed Kyle Busch. They just landed Jimmy fucking Johnson again. This Chevrolet's I mean, making boost this year, dude. Chevrolet is finally finding their way back to the top of the totem pole. Not saying they never left, but so, Toyota really made uh, a hell of an effort, and Chevrolet is just like, listen, man, we own this shit. So yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't try to fuck with it. Let me ask yeah. you this. Uh, sorry, this is a stupid question. I don't pay attention to this. Petty is RCR engines, right? Yeah, I think they're ECR engines. Yes. Does this mean that maybe they're going to be Hendrick engines starting next year? Uh, that could be a, a big move for Petty, yeah. For them that to be like be a satellite a, team. That would be a huge it, move for Petty. It's starting to sound like that maybe this that's what's going to happen too. So, okay. So, Keith, you mentioned it. There's a, a, a lot of big moves for Chevy. Um, basically, we saw Chevy come in, win a bunch of manufacturers' titles, a bunch of drivers' titles, and, and then Toyota comes in, pumps in a ass load of money, has the drivers coming in. They're losing drivers left and right because they've got too much talent coming up, whatever. And then we see them acquire Bubba. They see We see them acquire Tyler now. And then we see you know the whole 2311 unwrap. They've got a couple wins now, three wins, I believe. Chevy was not someone that we looked at as an understatement the last couple of years. Chevy feels like it could have been a back burner, but they do have the last two championships um, with at Hendrick Motorsports with the five and, and the nine. Um, but it's like they just said, check, make, motherfuckers. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, like, that was such a – What is Ford going to do? Because Toyota's already got their self they've – already, they've already put themselves in a bond. The only thing that they've got going for them is Martin Truex Jr. and 2311. Like, yeah. well, Christopher Brill, but we'll get to that later. Um, I mean, right now, Ford, Ford has a really good program, and they're just finally figuring their footing. 
Um, you got Team Penske. I know that Ryan Blaney hasn't won a race this season, but he has been one of the most consistent drivers all season long. Um, Roush Family, Keselowski Racing, they have really started to find something out of something. Brad Keselowski, ever since the Southern 500, he's acquired a handful of top 10 finishes. Chris Buescher winning himself a Bristol night race and him being a strong factor at several different racetracks across plate tracks, mile and a half, road courses, short tracks, you name it. The dude has been at the front of the field in a lot of different situations. Um, Joey Logano being one of the best competitors, regardless of how you feel about it, Dalton. Joey Logano is one of the sport's best talents right now. Um, and him getting into the Final Four is not even a, a little bit of a surprise to me. And Austin Sindrick as well. He is a, a, an Xfinity Series champion, a Daytona 500 champion. He's got so much talent. And once he kind of figures his footing in this Cup Series, he is going to be just as dangerous as the next Ford driver. So Ford, I think, is in a really good spot, just kind of laying low and doing what they got to do. Um, I think the only issue that they have right now is their talent pool. Um, the only main driver they have right now is Zane Smith. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. They can do like 2311 and just snipe people because it looks like the, the Chevy line of, of development just got massive. And I'm going to pass this yeah. one off to Dalton. Um, you're going to team Chevy next year with Kyle Busch. You're returning to Chevy, going to the eight car, big news. Everybody has heard about it. Right. But when we look at team Chevy now, AJ Allmendinger news, uh, Noah Gregson news, the Kyle Busch news. Now we've got Jimmy Johnson in the works with with basically bringing Petty GMS back from the dead, um, and uh, all this other stuff happening. Firstly, um, how do you feel like that's going to translate next year? Are we going to see a bow tie dominance next year, where we we see very few wins from the Blue Ovals and the Toyotas? And then secondly, uh, Drew Mason says. Uh, if they do swap to Hendrick engines, does that further relegate RCR even lower down the Chevy teams? And I'm asking you that because Kyle is going to RCR. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I'll start with, you know, the, the Chevy dominance. I mean, Chevrolet has really turned it on the past two seasons. It, it's just going to get better and better, and better. Um, completely unstoppable manufacturer right now. There's no doubt about that. Ford, I, they're definitely hanging right in there. I mean, I think they'll be all right. Uh, Toyota, I, I, I'm ending my relationship with Toyota. I like we're divorced now. Okay. Uh, I love seeing the downfall. Um, I mean, yeah, Toyota's in for another rough year. If Danny Hamlin doesn't like the Toyotas now, uh, he ain't gonna like next year. I don't think so because uh, you're already losing Kyle Busch, of course. Um, I, I, Joe Gibbs Racing has like a lot of questions coming into next year. Like, what what are they going to do? Like, how are they going to be for next year? Um, I can see Tyler Reddick making some noise at twenty three eleven. Also, uh, now what what was the uh, what was the second question? Uh, so, if Petty GMS swaps to the Hendrick engines, does that further relegate RCR even lower down on the Chevy teams? And I think this comes from uh, just the fact that they haven't really been there except for Tyler Reddick this season um, over the last three or. four three to five years, honestly. And then also with the emergence of track house, um, they're basically the number two Chevy team, if not the number two team in the series right now. Um, so it basically is what Drew's saying is if you put Hendrick engines in these petty GMS cars, is that going to make RCR knock down another rung or two? Honestly, I'm, I'm not really too concerned. Um, I mean, the A cars had speed all season long. Uh, Tyler Ray's done a phenomenal job in that car. Uh, with concerning how RCR has been the past, I want to say almost a decade. 
Um, I I don't see an effect if Jimmy Johnson or if Hendrick Motorsports Hendrick Engines does take the move to uh, the Petty GMS. Yeah, you know I, I mean that's that's exactly what I'm thinking. It is like I think when it comes to to RCR, they helped develop the next gen car. Right, they've had some solid engines. I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, when you kind of take a step back and you look at it, Austin Dillon isn't the best driver in the world. And Tyler Reddick should have a good six, seven wins in his career already by now. Oh, yeah. Um, he, sh- he should have had four or five alone this year. Um, should have won the night race at Bristol. And I know there was another race in which he the had. The dirt race at Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yep. yeah, that, yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, it's just. Tyler Reddick is such a good driver. He's going to be a very vital asset to Toyota heading into the next few years. They're going into a very different stage of their existence. They're going to be losing Martin Truex Jr. at the end of next season, more than likely. They've lost Kyle Busch, and they're bringing in one of the most controversial drivers in NASCAR right now. Um, I I think that when we're looking at Toyota, they're going to be in a really weird spot. Um, but as far as RCR is concerned, they have a lot of really good people that are over there. You have great drivers in terms of Austin Hill. He's going to be a great asset to that team. He is a fantastic race car driver and a hell of a fucking puncher too. Um, and Kyle <laughs> yeah. Bush, Kyle Bush as well. I mean, he's going to go into this team. He's going to breathe new life into RCR and to his career. This is going to be a brand new start for him. And, you know, some might say it's taking a step back. Sometimes you have to take a step back to take a step forward. You know, that's what Eric Jones did. He left JGR and he went to to, to, to Richard Petty. And everybody's like, I have to step back. He's a Southern 500 champion again. And he is doing fantastic work. In With a, a team that... that that's honestly not got the funds. And for me, um, this is what makes me a little bit scared for Kyle. Um, RCR has, I don't know if it's, it's because they spend the money in the wrong space or if they just don't have the same money as the, as the Hendrix and the, and the Gibbs and the Penske's of the world. They they, they don't, they don't. I, I don't know that a big pocketed Jimmy Johnson coming in and as an owner, is not going to make them be competing for the same spot on on the third rung of the Chevrolet ladder, um, because Jimmy's not going to Jimmy pisses excellence. Okay, he is one of, if not the greatest race car driver of all time. He is not going to stand for mediocrity. He's going to be like Michael Jordan, who stood in, who's over at, at twenty three eleven. He's not going to be able to handle it. Yeah, it's it's two seasons in, and 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 we see twenty three elevens probably a little bit under where we were, but I think that has to do with Kurt Busch. Um, I don't see, um, I don't see a way that they, these two teams are not, are not competing for the third rung on the Chevrolet ladder. I really don't. I, I think they could be equals just starting straight off the bat, just because the money is coming in from Jimmy Johnson. Cause I mean, he, he's got plenty of ways. He was the second highest paid NASCAR driver in history. Like, come on. Um, Secondly, I do want to I want to talk about this kind of as a as an open topic for 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 all of you. Looking at the Cup Series next year, uh, I guess specifically more in the light 
of Chevrolet with the added money coming to Petty GMS, with the added talent and the, the added up uh, upscale of the Chevy uh, uh, feeder system with, with KBM. We're looking at Kyle Busch. Um, we're looking at, <clears throat> let me restart that. Kyle Busch, Noah Gragson, Eric Jones, all four of the Hendrick cars. Um, and then you've got guys that are proven winners now of Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick. And then you've got, of course, all the Penske guys and all the other guys. And Kevin Harvick, and maybe we see something else. Well, Chase Briscoe uh, from, from SHR. We've got a solid 20 to 24 drivers that are going to be winning drivers next year. We saw a lot this year, but I think these are these are guys that we can go into next season thinking that, okay, we can have 22, 24 guys that are repeat winners, but we only have 36 races. Um, what happened? When did we get to this point? Is it just the next-gen car, or, or are we just in a lucky time where we have all this time, I, talent? It's definitely the car. Absolutely. And it's not even a question. I don't think this will happen again, like, in the future. I feel like next year is where everybody will have it all figured out, and we'll get back to <clears throat> excuse me, we'll get back to having, like, uh, drivers with, like, a 10-8 win season, like we normally did before this year. Um, how, uh, unless they do, the, like, the the front-end changes, like, the, uh, all the teams are talking about. I know Toyota's looking at one. I think all the other manufacturers are looking yeah, at one, Yeah, all of too. them are getting an update. Uh, as far Ooh. as what Pakra said, uh, I want to say two or three weeks ago, is that they did some different aero testing before the season this year, uh, but Ooh. the uh, manufacturers of the parts weren't ready to do an update <sighs> to the system. So, so they will get the 2022 updates for the front end in 2023. So I got you. Okay. That, that coming to all manufacturers because the Fords had a little bit less downforce or something. Okay. So yeah, maybe, maybe, I, I, yeah. maybe with that, we'll probably maybe have the same season, but I, I don't think it will be as crazy as this when it comes to winners. No, I, I think with the next gen car in specifics, um, Nobody had a notebook. You know, you had some track notebooks and you kind of had some ideas. You know, maybe some teams talk to some sports car teams and be like, listen, like, how does this car react here? What does this do here? Take whatever testing notes they had from manufacturers and they built a really thin notebook. Um, you know, the plate races are kind of like throwaway races. Um, you know, you can't really say much about those those events. Um, you know, road courses, road courses are all over the place. You know, you, you had three first-time winners this season on road courses alone. Um, and some were, you know, just perfect timing, like Tyler Reddick taking over Chase Elliott at the end of the Road America race, or Daniel Suarez just absolutely kicking ass. Um, you look at other racetracks, um, you know, depending on, on how you want to look at certain situations, like the, the Bristol Dirt Race. Kyle Busch would not be a winner right now this season, unfortunately, if it weren't for Chase Briscoe and Tyler Reddick fucking each other up in the final yep. turn. Oh, yeah, without um, a doubt. So there are so many different situations in which drivers have won races based on things that they had no control over. Um, some things were strategy-based. Some things were tire-based. Um, there were so many different factors that came into this season that allowed this many drivers to have won a race. Um, 
And also on top of that, there are a lot of really, really smart people that are within this sport right now. Um, a lot of these people have come through different portions of racing, like Blake Harris for, for one point, you know, I know on DBC with Kate Levinci talking a little bit, a, a little bit about Blake Harris. Um, he is a grassroots racer. You know, he, he's not somebody that had any connections to anybody. He just got himself a job and he's working with, you know, I know he was working with Gibbs. Um, and then he went down to front row motorsports and now he's going to be going to the 48 car next season with Alex Bowman, you know, so these people are getting smarter and smarter. They know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. Um, and a lot of these people who are within these, these organizations, Chad Canals running with, you know, Hendrick Motorsports, making sure all four cars are up to par. Andrew, a- Andy Petrie with RCR, making sure all the, all of their stuff is, is good stuff. You know, um, there's, there's a lot of really, really good people that have been in the sport that allowed for 19 drivers this season to have won an event. So, it, so it's, my, my I, I, th- I think it's, my follow-up to that is um, there's a lot more money coming in next year, it seems. There's a lot more of these new owners, these big moves that you're talking about. There's so much talent, though, and this great reset that we just had with the next-gen car being completely different than every other car that's ever been on the racetrack for our, for our stock cars. Um, everybody keeps telling me that the big teams are going to do you know whatever that we've seen them do in the last – 30 years, you know, in, in a year or two, because, you know, money talks, bullshit walks, whatever. If I look at the driving talent and then knowing what's happening behind the scenes, like everything that you just happened or said has happened, um, I don't know that I see these big dominant seasons from drivers for, for the next five to ten years. Like, if, if we're going to have guys like skill range from from AJ to to Kyle Larson you know being in NASCAR at the exact same time with all these new guys that we know can get the job done on any given Sunday like I said I, I think we've got 24 solid people next year that could win multiple races despite not having enough enough races to do that so I just I don't see I don't see how long I don't see it being as short as everyone's saying before we get to that big gap where yeah. you've got the dominant people. Right. Um, Completely fair. Completely yeah. fair. Um, I, I think that when you kind of take a step back and you look at the amount of talent, like you said, the amount of people who can win a race are, it's insane how many drivers are capable of winning a race. Um, Michael McDowell is a sleeper driver for sure. He's one of the better drivers that, that runs with our, our series. Um, regardless of his equipment, which honestly his equipment has really nothing to do with it at this point. Right. You know, like he, he's been running out the front of the field in several different events um, over the course of the season. Um, you know, you got a driver like Noah Gregson coming up next season. He is, he's a fantastic race car driver. He knows what he's doing. Um, Bubba Wallace. I mean, Bubba Wallace is a driver that has really, really surprised me this season. And I think a lot of it has to do with where his team is as well as, um, how he's been able to mesh with Kurt Busch really well and learn from him as well. Um, I think that Kurt's going to stick around with 2311 and be be a mentor to both Bubba and Tyler. And that'll be a dangerous combination. And then on the flip side, you also have another brand new team that's been doing fantastic in Trackhouse. There are so many drivers outside of your big three that 
can win a race, and they have won races, um, several races at that. Tyler Reddick's a three-time winner this season. You know, it, it's it's crazy the amount of talent that we do have sitting in these race cars. Um, and I think that if these drivers start to get some personalities, like a Noah Gregson, I think that you are going to have a really, really fun era of this sport. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was getting to. Um, despite the safety, despite the concussions that we've seen, we know NASCAR is working on the rear end of the car. I think for me, uh, and I guess you too, Keith, uh, the, the future looks bright. Um, and I don't know, Dalton, if you feel that way. I know we're going to talk a lot about your personal opinions about your driver next week in a rowdy roundup with a bunch yeah. of different rowdy fans. But I mean, looking at the sports future, Knowing, you know, all this stuff that we've just went on a tangent about after this breaking news from from the last 20 to 30 minutes. Um, are you as excited um, as you were as maybe when you were a kid, you know, about the next few seasons and what is is to become of of these storylines with the sports and the talents and everything? I mean. Like I just said a long time ago, I mean, this news with Jimmy Johnson taking over Paige GMS, another reason to get ready for next year. Um, I don't know. I, we just had, in my honest opinion, we had a phenomenal regular season this year. I, Absolutely. I enjoyed the first 26 races. And then we uh, we all had the same opinions here. Like, once it got to the playoffs, it got really frustrating, you know, with the – the park failures, the inconsistency and penalties, uh, the concussions, nonstop, you name it. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm ready for next year already, and I'm going to miss NASCAR after this Sunday. But NASCAR just has a lot of work to do this offseason. <clears throat> do I believe they can do it? Absolutely. I mean, I know they've been working on the car to make it safer uh, like a long time ago. Like a, a couple months ago, they immediately started working on it, you know, probably as soon as Kurt Busch got hurt. Yeah. <clears throat> so I do believe they'll fix that, but I'm hoping for more consistency and penalties next year as well. Uh, hopefully they can get that straightened out. Um, but really, really overall, I mean, it, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, brand new beginnings uh, for my driver, Kyle Busch, next year. I'm excited for that. I, and I want to go back to a point Keith made, you know, a little while ago, how, it was called like how going to RCR was like a step back. I'll be honest with you. I was not in favor of Kyle going to RCR at first. Like uh, when they reported like all the teams that Kyle could have gone to and RCR was the option. I said, I'll take all anybody, but RCR. Like I did not want Kyle to go to RCR because I just feel like my personal opinion ever since Harvick left there, that RCR hasn't been the best team. And when Kyle said it, when they said it was sound like Kyle was going to go to RCR, I'm like, I, I guess to step back, but then once uh, they had the press conference and Rich Childress, you know, uh, comparing him to Dale and our senior, I'm like, you know what? Maybe we found the right owner, and maybe I didn't think about Tyler Reddick uh, what, and what he's done in that eight car this year. So then I was like, okay, never mind. I think we made the right decision. And, and of course, with the playoffs Kyle's been having this year too, I'm more than ready for him to get in that eight car now too. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, future's definitely looking bright, but – Still a lot of work to do. Yeah. And we still got a championship race this weekend. Um, that's not really uh, something that I think <laughs> anybody's going to focus on because of what we said about Phoenix earlier in the show. But uh, we did have a half-mile paperclip. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it a shit show or not, uh, but 
we had a couple of races that were just chaotic. I want to talk about um, about the first 99% of both of the races that we saw. But before that, I want to talk about the truck race. Um, where? <laughs> why? Yeah, it is, why it is fall in Martinsville? Why do we not have a truck race? That is that is weird saying. Why are we not racing trucks in Martinsville? I mean, that's an every year thing. Why would you take that away? I don't know. Maybe maybe that's honestly weird. it was because of last year. Think about last year. We had we had two races. We had Knoxville and we had Martinsville, where we had the entire track blocked during a truck race. Do you guys think that that's the reason why we did not see a truck race this year? Honestly, no. no. No, because those those um schedules were out before that Martinsville race came out. Um, okay, yeah, well, you know, so I, I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that was the reason. Um, you know, but at the same time, I I can't think of any good reason why you would take away one of the most bonkers ass races, regardless of if it was a shit show or not. Listen, I don't have to watch the damn race, but there are people who are going to be flipping through channels that are just like, "What the fuck is going on?" They're going to be <laughs> yeah. on. They're going to be. They're going to be on their Fox Sports app, being like, "Oh, cool, let's watch this truck race." Oh, and this man's in the fence. Cool, fucking watch it, enjoy, it. have fun. I've watched this before. I've seen this song and dance, and I'm not a fan of it. But if you like it, go for it. Um, I'm not the one that's in the race truck. I'm not the one that's paying the bill. I'm just the one that gets to sit on Twitter and be like, "Wow, that race was trash." So, I mean, Martinsville in the truck series has been a staple for a very, very long time. And to not have two races there feels really, really weird. Because um, that is one of the very, very few racetracks that they get two dates. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't really have much to add to that. I mean, trucks at Martinsville, those those two just go together. Uh, you, think, you think of really iconic moments, whether or not they're in the screen – or fall, it doesn't matter. We need to tr- have as many paperclip trucks as we can. Um, talking about the the, the Silver Spoon Kids, uh, the both Dylan brothers versus Kevin Harvick, um, and the uh, the two wins from Bubba Wallace. One of them being in the Wendell Scott throwback. Like that that race is iconic. Whether yeah, or not that it turns into a shit show because of the state of the current truck series is 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 beside the point. Um, and I realized that Xfinity bought the the rights to the, the Cup race. I realized that Xfinity brought the Xfinity series back uh, to Martinsville after uh, what, like a, a fifteen to eighteen year absence um, last year. Fifteen, fifteen, uh, and 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 people loved it because it's Martinsville. But <laughs> we've got enough to go around. I mean, imagine imagine being able to go there. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, see the mods, trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. Like, for me, that sounds like the Dream Speed Week ticket. I mean, it's a great fucking run of races right there, man. Like, the mods, you can never go wrong with mods. Um, The truck series, you are guaranteed some bullshit happening, and then you can be like, wow, I can't believe I was just there to watch that. The Xfinity series weekly puts on the best racing in the country. And... The Cup Series is the Cup Series. You have the premier drivers running at an elite level um, and running for a championship. So there was so many different things that could have happened there. Um, and I'm not saying it, it, it was a bad weekend by any means. Did it have it ups and downs? Absolutely. But I think the Truck Series not being in Martinsville feels really, really weird. Yeah, um, that don't make sense to me either. You know, uh, like you said, you know, you got – 
the the best series at Martinsville. Why are you not including trucks in there? I mean, you're you're guaranteed going to get some special out of there too. And at Xfinity, I don't understand why Xfinity was never there for that long. Like what, fifteen years? You said or. Yeah, so I think what happened is the Bush Grand National Series was there, and then in 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 '95 when the trucks came to life, they took both those dates because the Craftsman Super Truck Series was supposed to basically be nothing but short tracks. So they did twenty something races on short tracks all across the country, and I think that's just when we accepted that it, the 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 second tier series wasn't going to be in there anymore. So until last year, Xfinity had had no races there. Uh, there was one in 2006. That was one. the only event, and that was won by the champion, Kevin Harvick. Outside of that, they hadn't raced at Martinsville in a very, very, very long time. And um, it's it's a breath of fresh air to see that series at Martinsville. Yeah, it works. Anything it works does. in Martinsville. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, besides the truck race not happening, we did have two races. Um, oh, let's let's talk about the racing because I think if we talk about the um, for either of these, we're going to probably spend twenty to thirty minutes on the last lap of both of these. So let's talk about Saturday's race, just in general. What were your thoughts up until the white flag comes out, Dalton? All right, so qu- quick disclaimer: I did not watch the Xfinity race. I was. In Neil State, I'm watching my balls uh, beat the Wildcats' ass. Uh, oh, but I did watch uh, the well. <laughs> I did watch the replay though of the uh, the finish. Um, so I will just get my thoughts right here. Uh, well, just tell us about what you were doing in uh, Neyland then. Well, I, oh, mean... I I just said I was watching my uh, number one Tennessee Vols beat uh, Kentucky Wildcat ass. All right. Yeah, but <laughs> I bet you had a lot of fun. It's a it's a pretty good season for them. Oh, uh, d- dude, I'm enjoying every month. Out of all my sports teams this year, Kyle Busch, Tennessee Vols, Carolina Panthers, Nashville Predators, the Tennessee Vols are literally all I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot because we were in 15 years of misery, and now we're finally good again. So I'm enjoying as much of it as I can before we uh, face off against uh, Georgia this week. Um, but I'll, I'll talk about – we're not a college football podcast, so I'll talk about the race. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, uh, that's fine. Uh, but uh, – Ty Gibbs, I became a fan of the kid. Like when he took that 54 Monster Energy car, like it, it was a throwback for me because of Kyle driving the 54 Monster Energy car. When Ty Gibbs came along, I'm like, dude, he's he's the future. Like, take your care of that machine. Um, I became a fan of his. You know, uh, in his first start last year, uh, I was full time Ty Gibbs fan. Uh, starting this year, I regret it. I regret yeah. it. I regret well, all of it all. But, we'll get into that in a little bit because yeah. I, like I said, I think we we've all got some 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 things to say about that <laughs> that that little kid. Yeah. Uh, Keith, did you watch the Xfinity race? Watched bits and pieces of it. Um, what did you, what did you think? What you did? See? I I mean, you can't go wrong with the Xfinity series in Martinsville. I mean, everywhere they go, they put on a great show. Um, great racing. Great drivers, a great talent pool that's out there that, you know, they know what they're doing. And for the most part, they keep pretty clean. Um, You know, I know they have their hiccups, absolutely. Um, You know, but once you got towards the end of the race, it kind of started to get a little crazy. Um, You you had several different incidents that happened, several different crashes. Um, You know, the closer and closer you got to the the final lap – there was just a lot of chaos at the front of the field, a lot of stack up in the middle of the field. Um, 
the racing overall was good. And then once you get to the end of the race, whatever race you're at at Martinsville, once you start getting to the end, if you put a, a restart with less than 10 to go, you are damn near guaranteeing chaos. Um, so that is pretty much what ended up happening was once we got into that 10 to go window, we had cautions, it got a little out of hand. Um, but regardless, the racing was, was good. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that it may, maybe I would, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go as far as to say that it got out of hand. Um, I think there was just the, the way that the, the Xfinity series, length of races are especially and the way that the the racing is designed now with stage racing and stuff i think we see a little bit too many people on the lead lap and i think that when you have the ability to go for broke on those last few runs whether it's 20 to go 10 to go one to go whatever you've got too many people thinking they're way bigger they're wearing way bigger pants than they can fit in basically. Um, and I think that's what happened with that big clog up that we saw with, uh, with the 31 and all that stuff. I think it, there's just too many people vying for too many positions because there's so many breaks to catch in that short of a race, having two stage breaks. Um, but with that being said, uh, that did lead to something that I don't think was on the, the TV broadcast outright, but, um, the the punch heard through the state of Virginia. Um, what did you guys think about Austin Hill and Myatt Snyder? Oh my god! Uh, well, we learned that never fuck with Austin Hill. <laughs> you will get your ass beat. Um, I mean, I knew that, but like Myatt Snyder epitomized fuck around and find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Myatt Snyder. <clears throat> He's kind of scrawny. He's kind of lanky. Um, he's he's not very big build. And then you've got Austin Hill. Uh, that is a that is a true country. Um, I believe it was uh, it was a TJ Majors like a couple of seasons ago on DBC. Uh, they were making fun of how strong he was because he was a farm boy because he was, you know, throwing hay and stuff, and he doesn't look that strong, but he's super strong. I feel like Austin Hill is that same time. Like, he might not look big, but he's a big dude. And, he and, and, and like, I don't know that I would mess with him. And he's also the quiet guy. And if there's anything that I know when it comes to just humans in general, the guy you don't want to mess with is the one that never opens his mouth. And I don't think I've ever heard Austin Hill say one thing wrong to anybody. So that means Mike Snyder went up to the quiet guy and tried to get some. And uh, I think he got more than he could he could stomach. Yeah. Uh, I heard on DBC that apparently Myatt Snyder went up to Austin Hill and wasn't too thrilled with what happened. I know there was an, an incident in turn one where Myatt Snyder got turned by, uh, by Austin Hill. And um, apparently, and this is just from what I've heard from DBC, Myatt Snyder went up to uh, – to, Austin Hill and said, "You became a dick once you became once you got to RCR." Um, so I know that Austin Hill was kind of just like, "Get the fuck away!" Like you go and Myatt just kept poking the bear, and Austin Hill threw that man into a fucking crater. Man, it was unbelievable watching how fa- I've never seen a human go to the ground that quick. Literally, and that was fast 
I don't know if you've seen Spider-Man No Way Home, but you remember that scene where uh, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man have a disagreement, and like uh, Doctor Strange like punched Peter Parker's soul like right out of his body. Yeah, that's yes. literally yeah. what that was. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Um, I do have to I have to ask you, Keith, because you brought up somebody hitting the ground that fast. Is this is this along the same lines or better than Michael McDowell hitting the pavement at Phoenix uh, because Daniel Suarez dropped his ass, or uh, second question: um, Who wins in that fight, Daniel Suarez or Austin Hill? Well, first and foremost, um, the Daniel Suarez one was was pretty funny because Michael McDowell tried to fuck around for whatever reason, and Suarez just tossed his ass to the ground. But I think getting thrown and getting punched—if you get thrown, you got two hands, you're throwing it. One big fucking fist puts you down that quick. That is fast as shit. And as far as Austin Hill and Daniel Suarez, I don't know. I, I think that Daniel Suarez is a, is a little scrappy, but I think that Austin Hill would just rock his shit, man, in just a couple of punches. And he did what big old boys usually do. They don't punch and walk away. They punch and hop on top. Yeah. They want to make sure that there is no way you're getting back up and that fight's extinguished. So I think that Austin Hill – Ultimately, will find his way over power in Daniel Suarez. Austin Hill wins every fight with every NASCAR driver. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What about him and Newman? Oh, I'd pay pay per view to see that shit. Oh man, I swear. Because you can't, Newman, you can't. Newman's okay, so rough. when you when you rock somebody, it's because it's because they do like this. You can't do that if the dude's got no neck. <laughs> that man, that man's Darn. all muscle. That that thing wouldn't move. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Uh, uh, Drew, Drew Mike says is Mike fucking Harmon. I don't know, man. An, 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 an immovable object meets an unstoppable force. There, that's I don't know. Uh, Mike Harmon, he's thick. He one of big boys. Big thick boy Harmon. <clears throat> anyway, he'll probably just absorb the punch like fucking Kirby. Uh, um. Anyways. A uh, couple of dust ups on Saturday, um, and that was one of them. Another one was for the the points battle to get into the final four, uh, and that was the seven and the sixteen between uh, Justin Allgaier and AJ Allmendinger. I want to kind of ask you guys: um, Did you see anything wrong with their racing? Uh, because personally, for me, I thought that was as tough and hard as you could get without stepping over the line. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, when it came to the seven and, and the 16 battling with each other, when you're going to take a point situation like this and you're going to put them at a, at a track as tight as Martinsville, you are going to have some rubbing. You're going to have some pushing you're gonna have some shoving. That's just what's going to end up happening. There's no way that you're going to be able to prevent that. The only way you can prevent that is if you put bumpers all around these race cars and, and, and you make sure nobody touches each other. But at the end of the day, you're fighting for a championship. You know, who wants it more? Justin Allgaier has been in this series as a full-time driver since, what, 2016? You know, it's his seventh yeah. full-time season racing with Junior Motorsports. And, yeah, I think he's a 17-time winner in the Xfinity Series. That's awesome. He doesn't have a championship to show for it. Yeah. You know, there have been several drivers within the Junior Motorsports camp 
that have won a championship and gone on to the Cup Series. Chase Elliott won a championship. He's now a Cup Series champion. William Byron won a championship. Now he runs a 24 car. You have Tyler Reddick, who has won a championship, went to RCR, won a title there, and now look where he's at. And I'm not saying that this is going to, you know, catapult Justin Allgaier into, you know, having a top-tier cup ride. But, you know, these drivers that have won titles in junior motorsports, they've gone on to do huge things, huge things in the sport. And I, I just think that Justin Allgaier being with the relationship he's had with junior motorsports, with Dale Jr., with Brandt, he would love to get this team a title. Not to mention his arguably his best racetrack in this series is Phoenix. Yeah. And you're <clears throat> going to put him in a position where he can go and try to battle for a title. Fucking go for it, man. Um, and it, it sucks that you're going to have to, to, to push and bully your way past, but I'm sorry. You're not going to win a race finishing. Nice. You know, like Brad Keselowski at 2013 Watkins Glen for whatever reason, went to the outside of Kyle Busch and didn't try to push him out of the way. You know, if you're going to be nice, 99.9% of the time, you're not winning the race. The only guy I've ever seen be nice and win a race is Jimmy Johnson. I'm not even fucking lying to you. That is the only man that I've seen methodically work on somebody and be nice and win a race. So if, <clears throat> if you if you want to do anything, especially on a short track, when you're trying to get to a championship race, you're going to have to use that bumper of yours. And if it, it, it makes you feel uncomfortable, don't be a race car driver. Yeah. I want up you and say Mark Martin uh, as, as a nice guy that's won plenty of races. Um, yeah, that one for sure. Uh, and Dalton, um, I know you you didn't really watch the race. Um, do you, after the races, watch all the interviews on Twitter and YouTube from all the different drivers? Um, I'll be honest with you, no. Oh, Not okay. really. Yeah. Okay. Because my next question was going to be, how did you think about AJ getting out uh, and being so cordial about um, basically getting taken out of the title fight by his uh, left rear being cut by the exhaust pipe? Of the well, side? I mean, I could have, but I didn't have any internet down there. It was so shitty. So. Well, yeah. yeah. How many people fit in that stadium? A hundred and something thousand. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure? A hundred and one thousand. It's one yeah. of like the top five uh, capacities in college football. God damn. Okay. Well, um, all right then. Well, I'll just say he was cordial. I'll, I'll make this my point. Um, it's it's not surprising to me because AJ is is kind of grown into a class act in his older age. You know, he's getting close to forty. Um, he's kind of in that prime time of his career, which is why I'm really excited for him to go to the Cup Series next year. Um, it's disappointing as someone who who supports AJ uh, because he didn't get to go to Phoenix, but they raced the shit out of that race. Um, they showed you how you can race and race cleanly. Um, and if that was in a cup car, they would have not seen the tire get cut down. They'd have been racing until the end of the race. Uh, because that's just what you get with the exposed exhaust pipe and the bendy fendies, uh, on, on the, uh, bending fenders. And I said bendy fendies, uh, on the, uh, <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought you were saying funny there. <laughs> on the Xfinity series. I think it was unironically uh, uh, my brain just was like, no, nah, let's mess this all together. Uh, and it just wound up being like that. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that was a big for me. Uh, and then uh, I think we'll go ahead and move on to the cup race and, and then we'll get to the big two points at the end. So um, I'm not going to say much about the cup race because I did not see anything with the last stage. So I'm going to let you guys kind of take 
take care of stages one and two. Um, was there anything to talk about in stage one and two? Dalton? Um, I guess Kyle was his miserable first stage, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was wowzers rough. I mean, first two stages were pretty self-explanatory. Um, driver that got out to the front of the fields kind of just paced the field for the rest of the time being. Um, and that first stage was, was a lot of Kyle Larson. Um, Chase Elliott was kind of right, right there in the fold. Um, only a handful of drivers could really make anything work. And that was honestly the JGR drivers are on it enough. Um, being Denny Hammond and Christopher Bell. Um, Denny Hammond went up, stole the lead from, from Chase Elliott late in stage number one and went on to win that stage. Um, and Denny was just massively quick in, in stage two, just drove away from the field and put a lot of them down a lap. Um, I think it was 12 drivers were down a lap. I'm sorry, no, there was 12 drivers on the lead lap. So there was not a lot of uh, wiggle room for anybody that was in Denny Hamlin's path. Not a lot of passing. It, it was very, you know, shifting, no tire fall off of the first 70 laps of a run. Once the tires fell off, that's when drivers started to come and go. Um, and that's when it really started to get interesting. But Denny Hamlin just had everybody on a fucking clinic, man. He was so quick. And, um, you know, if it weren't for him winning those two stages, he had himself a really good opportunity to, to just point his way in, clearly. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know, leading into the final stage, of course, that's when, you know, things got a little, a little hectic. Yeah, so Dalton, uh, as 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 you've been this whole season, um, with Kyle Busch just having, I don't know if it's terrible luck or just being singled out by the JGR crew. You you guys can talk about that next <laughs> next week yeah. with with all your other Rowdy Nation. I got uh, a lot fans. to say about that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, when you're watching this race in the first couple of stages, are you thinking that it's gonna be? just another spring Martinsville, one of the most boring races you've ever seen, or did you think that we would get some chaos going into the third stage? I honestly thought right off the bat, it was already better than the spring race. Um, I know it took a little bit for the, uh, shit. Uh, I, I knew it, like it took a little bit for the tires to fall off. Uh, did Goodyear actually bring a new tire this weekend compared to the yes. spring race? They did. Yes. Well, there you go. I guess that solved their problems with the spring race. Uh, that and probably the weather too. Um, I thought there were still uh, good battles uh, a little bit of the way around. It, it wasn't like, you know, a lot of battles like at Homestead, but, like, they're good enough to keep racing somewhat good. Um, I mean, it really is the fall race at Martinsville. Uh, for some odd reason, that's all, That's always the best Martinsville race. The spring is always mad, but then when we get to the fall race, like, chaos ensues. Yeah. And especially with this being, you know, the last chance to get into the championship four, uh, you know somebody's going to do something like later in the end. So I knew like when we got to stage three, like business would pick up. Um, I was a little bit concerned of what would have happened if it stayed green, uh, what it would be like. Uh, I didn't know if we were going to get a caution because uh, we didn't really have much of those uh, to compare to your average like Martinsville race. But um, I, thought, I thought stage one and two were all right. Uh, but, of course, stage three is like when you expect uh, something to happen. All right. Yeah. Um, I thought Keith was getting ready to say something because he kind of sat up in his chair. Um, well, with that being said, um, let's talk about uh, the the last couple of runs of this race. I want to talk about the two guys that you've already singled out, um, Keith. 
Uh, and that's that's the 11 and then, then the eventual winner of 20. I'm going to go off uh, on my tangent about the 11, okay? Here's the thing. Denny Hamlin's best racetracks, Richmond, and Martinsville, and Darlington. Um, and he didn't have anything to show for it um, most of the season. He, he should have won seven to eight races. We saw the Chris Gapehart interview talking about um, how they need to step up and you can't be mad at anybody. But to be honest with you, having a championship caliber driver and a championship caliber crew chief and a championship caliber pit crew um, is something that you have to have to win a championship. And the pit crew has been shite all year. I mean, all year, the pit crew has screwed over Denny Hamlin. Win after win after win just not coming because he he's just he's just getting fucked over on pit road. Whether it's him him speeding, I think, twice, or if it's a wheel that's loose or a wheel falling off or the jackman or whatever. This man dominated this race. This race should have, could have, and would have been boring as fuck if that last pit stop didn't see the jack man not jack the, the, the car up. He, he did two pumps instead of three. If he'd have done that third pump, Denny Hamlin gets out, he wins the race. Nonchalant, none of this other stuff happens. And I think this was the year that Denny should have won seven races and won a championship. And I feel like I've just been completely just, I don't know, um, ripped of all of that. Like, I, I don't know. Is that how you guys feel? I know you're not Denny Hamlin fans, of course, but but is that how you feel as 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 an outsider looking in at Denny Hamlin? Well, you know what's even more embarrassing about that? That's Kyle Busch's old picker right there. And Kyle's picker was phenomenal all season long. The, be- the best picker in the sport. Like, unbiased. And statistically, too. And they still made the mistake. Um, I know they switched, like, after the – the Bristol race, but, right. but but still, I mean, you got handed like one of the best pit crews in the sport this season, and you still choke it on the final pit stop when it matters the most. Uh, I, I I hate that for Denny Hamlin fans, but I, I hate it for Denny Hamlin. I hate it for his fans. It I would hate to, I would hate to lose like that. It just it sucks because like look how far they came all year long. They started the season and they were just a dog shit. Yeah, dog I shit. mean like. After coming off of of two seasons of 2020, where he had what was it, six or seven wins in, in 2020, six, seven I think. Um, and then 2021, he had one of the most consistent seasons that we've seen ever. And sure, he only had two wins, but two wins is is not something that you could just you know say oh, that sucks. You know, like that's that's kinda... solid. Two two wins is is good. Um. And then to come in 2022 and to have such an abysmal start to the year, and they started to turn around. You know, they got their win at Richmond with strategy. They got their win at the Cook 600. And there have been several other situations in which they should have won a race in Pocono. Um, but overall, they had a lot of great opportunities to capitalize on different situations. And it just it didn't come to fruition, unfortunately. Um, you know, I think we can kind of sit back and, and look at Darlington. What if he was a little more aggressive with Eric Jones? What if he tried to, to do some, some crazy chaotic move into turn three on the final lap, you know, and, and that's just one instance, you know, what about Dover? What, you know, what if he didn't have that pit road situation? 
You know, that was his fucking race to win. That dude was a rocket ship that day. Um, different situations all across the board. You know, Daytona, you know, the the, the, the season finale or the, the, the regular season finale race, he's in the front of the field, you know, and, and the whole field just wrecks into turn one. What happens if he goes on and wins that race? You know, there are so many different question marks that go along with it. And then you look at Martinsville. They did everything in their power to just try to erase whatever fuck-ups they had over the course of the year. They went and won stage one. They went and won stage number two. They had the track position. They had the car. And to have a pit stop like that, that was your money stop. You know, yep. We all remember Chase Elliott's pit stop in the 2020 championship race where his jackman realized he fucked up. He went back up on the wall, reset, and came back down. That won him a title. And that is the kind of heads-up shit you need from your team to win anything. Not even just a race, not a championship. You need to just to win the race off a of fucking pit road. That's what you need. And for whatever reason, it just it, it didn't mesh. And Denny battled everything he could have at, at the end of that event to try his hardest to keep everything in check. And he did until, you know that yeah and it's a little frustrating because because it seems like he had the dominant car all, all day and everything and 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 he didn't have to win the race and and even at the end of the race was what happened a piece of tape at pocono is the reason that he's not in the championship for and that's the biggest one of the another i wouldn't say it's the biggest frustration but i think just that sums up the entire season for denny Hamlin. and i will say this a piece of tape is the reason why Chase Elliott is in the final four. Because that was five that points. That is five points that flopped for Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott. Yeah. Chase Elliott only got in by four points. And that was it. And if Denny Hamlin found himself in a situation where he could have won that race and Chase Elliott doesn't get those points, Denny Hamlin's in, Chase Elliott's out. So that decision that they made – Changed a hell of a lot, and it's like they didn't. They did. I mean, we, we talked about it when in the Pokemon episode, but they didn't even need that. But um, Dalton brought up something really good about uh, about the pit crew being the eighteen pit crew all year. Um, it's kind of ironic. It's 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 the opposite look of of what happened. Uh, we saw Bubba Wallace have a terrible pit crew. Basically, up until Atlanta, they swapped two or three guys from the pit crew with with Christopher Bell. And ever since Atlanta, Christopher Bell has had one of the top five pit crews and one of the biggest runs I think we've ever seen in the playoffs, honestly. I want to ask you guys, um, because it seems like no one's focusing on Christopher Bell because of what happened on the last lap. Um, but what do you guys think about these last nine races for Christopher Bell. I mean, to me, it's just Insane. been astonishing. Insane. So, I, mean, I didn't Dalton. expect it. I didn't expect it. Um, it's just absolutely incredible. Two walk-on wins. Not one walk-on win, two. Right. right. When it matters the most. Um, I mean, regardless of what you think in this play, uh, this playoff system, that's what you got to do uh, if you're in a situation like this. And, uh, I mean, while it's unfortunate that he was in those positions to where, like, he was – about to be eliminated, he 
he still capitalized. He still did what he had to do. Um, but, you know, it's really not a surprise to him. I mean, he's got the right crew chief. He's He's got the right pit crew. I mean, he's he has it going right now. So, uh, him being in the Final Four, I, uh, I was not expecting this year at all. Um, that 20 car was literally like the, the worst AGR car for yeah. like what, five years now. Yeah. Um, and with what he's done is, it's absolutely incredible. Um, that makes me miss Adam Stevens even more too. Uh, I mean, of course I know it don't matter anymore, but, uh, really, it, it really helped out Christopher Bell out a lot. And, uh, now he's able to uh, compete for championships, get more wins. And, uh, I mean, I'm happy for the kid. Absolutely. Um, I remember a few weeks ago we were on the show and um, I'm looking at stats and it blew my mind that Christopher Bell was nearly matching in almost every stat with Chase Elliott outside of wins. Um, He was just stupid fast. He had tons of top tens heading into the playoffs. And yes, he had a walk-off win in the, the round of 12. He had a walk-off win in the round of eight. There was one driver that advanced on points in the round of 16, and that was Christopher Bell. Because Eric Jones went and won at Darlington. Then you had Bubba Wallace go ahead and win. Um, and then I believe we had Christopher, uh, Christopher Busher went and won at Bristol. So three drivers that weren't playoff drivers went and they won themselves races in the first round. Nobody advanced on wins or points outside of Christopher Bell. So not only can he be consistent – and point his way into the next round, he can also win when his back's up against the wall twice. Um, He is going to be, in my opinion, the championship favorite coming up this Sunday. And my reason is New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a racetrack that is incredibly similar to Phoenix. It's flat. You need to have throttle control and it, very much mirrors a lot of the same setups that you end up needing. And Christopher Bell, he has run only a handful of Xfinity Series races outside of his campaign that he ran you know, for JGR. Um, and he's got one win since he went full-time in the Xfinity Series, and that was New Hampshire. So this is going to be a racetrack that is going to suit that 20 car. Um, and given the fact that now twice – Already this this playoff run, they've had their back against the wall, and now you have the ultimate back against the wall situation. I'm sorry, but Christopher Bell has the upper hand, and he is looking mighty fine when it matters the most. Yeah, um, I I don't know um, about where this came from. I don't know that this was on anybody's radar, uh, it, even. Uh, not just preseason, but even going into um, the playoffs. Uh, but for me, this last nine races has shown Christopher Bell's just been the best car. Um, it was like Chase Elliott, when he won his championship in 2020, was the best car to last 10 races. Anytime Jimmy Johnson won his chase, he was the best in races. To me, Christopher Bell, if, if he doesn't win the championship this weekend in Phoenix, I'll be surprised. I think and I, I think um, I'm not I'm not scared to say this. If he gets it done this weekend, this will be a playoff run akin to 2011 and Tony Stewart. I think 
that the way that he's run this playoff, been there where it matters, at the points where it matters, been the best best car over the last five weeks, really. I think that Christopher Bell has managed his playoff better than any other driver since 2011. I mean, overall, I, I, honestly, he would have locked himself a, a, a position into the Final Four if it weren't for the situation in Vegas. If Vegas never happens the way that it does, Christopher Bell locks his way in on points, doesn't even need the win in Martinsville. So he's just been that guy all season long. Um, and I'm not even sure what the reason was that he needed to, to win at the Roval. I forget what put him in that position, but – I mean, he's just been that guy all season long. And the best part about this playoff four that we have right now, the championship four, is the four statistically best drivers of the entire season are going to be duking out for a championship. And I know that everybody's like, oh, you know, it's a beat system. You know, it sucks. The four best drivers managed to fucking find their way into the final four. And that isn't the first time this has happened. This happened, I think, last season as well. The four best drivers found their way running for a championship when it mattered the most. I would put an asterisk. I would put an asterisk and say team. Teams. I don't think that these are the four best drivers. I think these are the four best teams. Christopher Bell Christopher Bell is not a better driver this season, in my opinion, than Denny Hamlin. But he executed because Denny Hamlin's team was trash. He stepped up his driving game over over um, over what Denny could overcome from his team. I think that when when we when we look at um, when we look at um, Ross Chastain, he he outperformed himself basically. I we'll get to the move in a second. I promise you guys. Um, but other than that, I, I think I don't know. Uh, do you think that what uh, Keith said that these were the best four drivers, Dalton? Yeah, I I also agree with the the four best teams as well. I mean, these these are definitely the best four teams that in the sport. They've been like that for a while now too. Um, you know, I mean, Logano he's he's been the best Penske driver for a couple seasons now. There's no doubt about that. Chase Elliott best hindered driver. Uh, well, arguable with Kyle Larson. Uh, Ross Chastain he's lit trackhouse racing on fire this year, and uh, Chris Bell I. Say what you want about Danny, too, or you can throw him in there if you want to, but I, I think Chris Bell, most of the time this season, he's been the best JGR car. Um, I remember early in the season where I thought JGR struggled on speed at the start of this year um, before Denny Hamill won uh, Richmond. I thought Chris Bell was the best running JGR car for a majority of the races this year. He would always be the guy in, uh, in the top five competing for a wins, but he, like uh, Drew said, like he had some shit luck and the first couple of races this season too. Um, I mean, Kyle was having a consistent year at begin at the start and the first half, but completely fell off a cliff. Like right when Sonoma weekend hit, uh, Diddy Hamlin did not have a strong start to the season either. And uh, Truex has been MIA. So I, I think, I think the final four is like completely right this year. Uh, I mean, again, say what you want about the system, but it, it, I think this is going to be a rifle champion this year, no matter who gets it. Uh, I, I think we're in for a, wonderful championship races this weekend. So uh, I, I, I'm looking at Christopher Bell's stats, not to cut you off, but well, well before season, you get into that, I do want to say uh, Drew Mason called you out because apparently earlier this season, when, when you were on, uh, you said, uh, 
that uh, I, I don't I don't know if he's referring to you as in I uh, and in a third person, like as in Keith wouldn't be ringing uh, his victory bell much this year, or if 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 it, if it drew himself. I, I don't I don't know the context of that, but basically you said that Bell wasn't going to be winning much this year. Um, so before you get into the stats that prove yourself wrong, um, what do you feel about past Keith uh, making those comments? <laughs> Fuck's wrong with you. <laughs> Fuck's wrong with you. I mean, it's all been there. <laughs> it's all been there the whole time. And, and and you know what it is? And I think it's really fucked up. I look at the 20 car and I automatically write it off. Like, almost immediately. Because of its past. Just based upon, you know, what happened in the last couple of years with Matt Kenseth, um, what happened for all of Eric Jones and what has happened for a good majority of, of Christopher Bell, um, I, I just didn't have it pegged. And looking last couple of weeks and seeing just how good he actually has been, he's been so under the radar good, but it's not even under the radar, which is the most fucked up part about it all, is the fact that at no point was it under the radar. He was and is one of the best drivers this season, and that's just entirely on me for for not recognizing the fact that that twenty car is the premier driver at June, at Joe Gibbs Racing right now, one hundred and ten percent. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all make mistakes. Uh, yeah, man. I, I, Listen, think... I, I I love making mistakes and fucking finding out that I'm the asshole because I'm looking at his stats and I'm just like, damn, man, he is like tit for tat with my favorite driver who has the most wins this season. Um, like almost everything. He's just been just as good in every category. I, I mean, he's got 19 top tens. He's got 12 top fives. He's got four poles, three wins, average start of 9.9 and an average finish of 13.9. He has just been outstanding all season long. And, you know, he, he's, he's been in the front of the field in a lot of different situations. You know, you look at a driver like Chase Elliott, you know, I'm getting ready to go and check his stats out for the season. He has been pretty consistent, but he's got 20 top tens, which is just one more than Bell. He's got 12 top five, same thing as Bell. He's got five wins, which, you know, put an asterisk to that. Really, it's only four. Um, he's got one less pole than Bell. He's got a, a, a smaller average uh, – he's got a, a worse average start, uh, 10.8. But he's got a better average finish. Overall, Christopher Bell has been one of the better drivers this season. And I think if it weren't for a couple of misfortunate situations like Las Vegas – you're looking at a at a driver that could have you know over you know 20 top 10 finishes and four or five wins on the season he's just been that guy you know and i am i love being wrong because it shows that these drivers they know what the fuck they're doing and it's exactly why i'm not a race car driver it's why i'm not a statistician and you know it's these guys they have a lot of really good shit that go along with what they're doing and um, they have a lot of really good team members. Adam Stevens is one of the best crew chiefs in the garage right now. Has been for a very, very long time. Um, so to see that finally meshing together and seeing these drivers that came out of that 2018 Xfinity Series 
2019 Xfinity Series race. Remember that? That at that homestead finale with Bell, uh, Reddick, and um, Custer. It's cool to finally see these drivers slowly but surely starting to find their way into the top level of the Cup Series and being drivers that can and will run for championships. So, yeah. listen, I, I, I will gladly be wrong. I will eat my words every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, one one final thing before we get to the to the Xfinity and, and, and Cup final laps. Um, I don't know if I'm the only one in, in, in this uh, thought process, but when I look at the final four, I see two sleepers, honestly. Like, despite the fact that that we know that the nine is 200 something points ahead of anybody else uh, in the old point system. And however many with, with a full season on point system, um, Chase Elliott just kind of rode through the playoffs, kind of lacklusterly. Um, Joey Logano has just kind of been there and he just got that win at Las Vegas. He's just kind of been there. All the focus has been on the one in the 20 because the 20 is the best car and, the one's been the flashiest car this year. So am I wrong to think that the nine and the 22 are sleepers coming into this final four? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm looking at it right now. There has been three top tens for that nine car this season. Um, Had a fantastic finish at Bristol um, where he went and he went from 23rd starting position to finish second at Bristol. Um, Talladega, he went and won that race. Talladega is a crapshoot race. I'm not even going to put that in there. Um, and Martinsville, if it weren't for Brad Keselowski getting disqualified, he's finishing 11. Um, you know, really the only race that he – I mean, he's also been pretty good in a couple different situations. I know Texas, he was leading the race when he blew a tire. Um, I know, you know, Charlotte Roval, he got absolutely – ass fucked by several different drivers on that final final couple of couple of laps um and homestead he was he was running pretty solid up until strategy flipped at the end and he was running up in the top five almost the entire day and he went to finish 14th um you know so i think it's gonna it's gonna be a situation if they figure it out if they find themselves in a position where they can run well you know loudon he finished second behind christopher bell you look at Phoenix early this season, he went and he finished in the 11th position. But he's also got a solid running at Phoenix. He's not going to be without. You know, he's got the best race team. He's got the best car. Um, I just don't know if, if he can really go up against the drivers like Ross Chastain, who he has just been freaking insane all season long. Yeah. Um, and I know that he kind of faltered just a little bit um over the summer months but once you kind of take a step back and you look at what he's done especially in these playoffs he has been incredibly quick when it came down to it and at no better time um finishing the top 10 at uh kansas bristol dega vegas homestead martinsville um and four of the last five races he's finished in the top five the only race in which he didn't was was the uh the charlotte roble so he's just been turning up the heat when it matters the most. And that is exactly what you need from a driver that is going to be going into the championship four. Same thing with Christopher Bell. So these, I think the two, the 20 and the one, they're, they're nasty right now. 
Yeah, and I want to I want to basically ask the same question that Keith answered about the nine uh, to to Dalton. Do you think that that your second favorite driver in the twenty two uh, has been a sleeper pick for for getting into the final four, or or did you see this coming? Because I'm sure you pay attention to him as much as you pay attention to the eighteen, just because you hate him so much. Okay, all seriousness. Uh, <laughs> this is honestly typical Joey Logano. Like you know, he'll peak very early in the season, and you never hear from him for the rest of the regular season. And then he'll get one win in the playoffs. Boom, he's in the championship race. Um, so not really much to say there. I mean, that's, again, typical Joey. But, I mean, I feel like he's another deserving driver to be in there. Like I said, this I think this is a perfect Final Four. Um, now, let's talk, to, uh, let's talk about Chase Elliott, too. I'm going to say this. This might be wild. But Chase Elliott's playoff this year – Reminds me a lot of Kyle Busch's 2019 playoffs. If you don't remember that, so Kyle, oh, I remember very, very well. That Kyle, was Kyle had an amazing regular season in 2019. Once he got to the playoffs, he struggled at times. There were a lot. There were a couple times in 2019 where I didn't think Kyle was going to move on. He got that close to not making it to the championship four. I remember he was battling with Joey Logano. Logano was ahead of him by one point one time, and I thought, oh shit, we're we're in trouble. Um, and Kyle had, like, a bunch of issues in a couple of races. Uh, same thing's been going on with Chase Elliott. Yeah, I know he hadn't had, like, the best playoffs, but, I mean, he did what he had to do to make it in. And I could, I definitely see him competing for a championship in Phoenix next Sunday. I mean, you can't sleep on any of these guys. None of these guys are sleepers here. Um, worried for a while, Final Four. Uh, all four of these guys are very deserving. They did everything they had to do. They were consistent enough. So, that's going to make it for one hell of a race on Sunday. All right. Well, we're talking about the final four. Keith, who do you have next week at Phoenix? Next week at Phoenix? Oh, man. I, I, I looked at, at past races. I looked at all these different stats, and, and I, I'm trying to pinpoint it, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, who is the best driver heading into this. You know, Chase Elliott, he's, he's a former winner and a former champion at this very racetrack. Joey Logano is a multiple-time winner at Phoenix. Um, I think so. Anyway, um, Christopher Bell, he's just been on a hot streak right now. And Ross Chastain, out of everybody, he had the best finish earlier this season um, of all four of the championship four at Phoenix, finishing second behind Chase Briscoe. Um, my heart says Chase Elliott because he's been so damn good all year long. And I hope that they find their footing, but my head is going to be going with Joey Logano. And the reason I say that is because of the fact that he has this inane ability to just be able to harness whatever situation he's in and put the best foot forth. And I believe this will be the very first time we are going to see a champion crowned that is not going to win the race. I think a driver that isn't in the final four goes ahead and wins themselves a, a Phoenix race, whether that be a first time winner on the season or not. Um, I believe that the championship battle is going to come within the field. So I think that Joey Logano is going to find his way to the cream of the crop when it comes down to it. And he is going to be uh, number 22 and 22. All right, uh, Dalton. I know you you guys talked about it on LTC on Monday, uh, but who is your pick 
for the Phoenix out of the championship four. And uh, let's 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 ball off of Keith as well. And and if the champion doesn't come into victory circle, who's going to be the one that takes the checkered flag? All right. <clears throat> so I think uh, the streak continues. The the race winner is the champion. Now I'm going to say this for this Sunday. It's not going to matter who the best driver is. It's not going to matter who has the best car. It's going to matter about who wants it the most. And if all the drivers in this final four, Ross Chastain is the driver that definitely without a doubt wants it the most. This man literally does the craziest shit to do anything to win. I know we're getting ready to talk about this uh, for what he did in Martinsville last week. That was that was out of nowhere what he did last Sunday to get a spot into the championship four. Nobody else would do that. Nobody. I don't think anybody else had that thought ever since this playoff format was invented. Ross Chastain is hungry. He's been hungry all season long. He, he wants this championship bad no matter what. I think he's going to do anything in his power to take it home. He, he wants it. So I don't know how you cannot go for Ross Chastain this Sunday. I'm, I'm going C-Bell. I can't not go C-Bell. Uh, I think I would argue he may not be uh, – I'll use, I'll use Keith's terms that he used in our group chat. Uh, unprecedentedly psychotic, uh, like, like the driver of the one car. Uh, I, I, think, I think he's more he's – more, maybe not more hungry, as you say, but I think he's more procedurally hungry. Uh, to get it done. I think he's got the, he's got the package of it all. Uh, and if it's going to be one, of, if it's going to be a new champion, it's going to be him. It's not going to be Ross in my opinion. Um, and, and I think that his, his, his trajectory of the last few rounds with these walk-off wins can't not happen again at Phoenix. And, and, and for him to throw a hat trick in the final race of each of the final three rounds, um, I, I, I think, that would be the only saving grace that, that JGR has from this year. And, and really it would be surprising if it doesn't happen to me uh, with Christopher Bell. Um, but you just brought up the move that got the one into the championship four. Um, I'm going to let you guys handle it. Dalton, I'll let you go first since you're the guest host. Um, what, what did you think initially, and now that we're three days removed, how has your perception of the move changed? Like, okay, so when I was watching this race, um, I thought like after the last caution, the racing was wonderful. Uh, once again, hats off the NBC for doing a phenomenal job at showing all the points battles in the current situations. I thought all the uh, eight playoff drivers uh, raced respectively with each other. Um, there wasn't no taking each other out, or it was just good hard racing of to get any point possible. Now, when it came to Ross and Denny, it's like they were meant to be together this season. Like they're just nonstop, always into each other. I thought for sure that Ross was uh, Ross and Denny were going to wreck each other, uh, and they were racing pretty hard. Uh, Hamill uh, pushed him down to the track on the straightaway a couple times. Uh, Ross did the same thing, uh, but Hamill ended up winning that battle and uh, started to pull away. Uh, but you knew right, right then that Ross was not done. He was going to do something. And he, I had this thought, too. When he was behind uh, Chase Elliott, when I think uh, 
I don't know, five to go, something like that. I literally thought that he was going to piss off the entire NASCAR fan base and just dump Chase Elliott. I swear to God, I thought that's what he was going to do. Um, I knew he was uh, two points out on the white flag, and I thought, okay, well, uh, this car not really good in the short track for uh, for the package-wise, uh, so I thought he, he might be screwed here. I don't know if he can do anything, but literally, again, like I said, nobody thought of this move. I don't think anybody ever thought about doing this ever in their lives, and – I saw, like, Ross was hitting the wall, and at first I thought, oh, he just blew a tire or something like that. Like, oh, that's unfortunate. But then the motherfucker comes around, passes five people. I was like, did y'all just fucking see that? What the hell did I just watch? And uh, it worked. It, it Hats off to him. I mean, you know, I, I sound like a broken record here, but, you know, we talk. I keep talking about how these playoffs have been rough and been frustrating. Ross Hestane literally saved the NASCAR playoffs this year. After everything that's happened, uh, yeah, th- this is really good for the sport. No matter what your thoughts are on Ross, like whether you like him or not, he, finally NASCAR went mainstream for the right reasons this time. You know, every time NASCAR went mainstream, it was always for some stupid, like you know, the Brian France arrest, uh, it, the Bubba Wallace incident, so it, everything like that. And finally, for to, to get on number one of Sports Center top ten, uh, Pat McAfee uh, talking about us. Uh, College football coaches we're talking about, it too. It, it, it's amazing. You know, you always want NASCAR to go mainstream for, for good reasons. And Ross, hats off to him. You know, I I didn't like Ross. You know, I mean, I thought he was a stupid racer all year this year. But all the respect I lost for him this year, he gained back with that move. So hats off to him. He did what he had to do, and he did it clean. And I, I, let's be honest. This is the cleanest thing he's done all season long. You know, I mean, he was <laughs> – okay. I'll give you that. I'll give yeah. you that. I'll, I'll like, put that in my consideration before I go it, on a little rant here. It's it, instead of uh, putting instead of putting someone else on the wall, he put himself in the wall, and it made it work. So, uh, yeah, that's all the Ross is saying. That just tells you that he he wants the championship, and that he's going to do anything he can to get it done. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I was watching the battle between Chastain and, and 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 Elliott, and I really did think that Chastain was taking him out. Yeah, um, I was completely and utterly prepared mentally and emotionally to be disappointed and to have my reservations and hatred for Ross Chastain. Um, he got by him clean, and I was like, "All right, you know, we just got to kind of maintain, you know, as, as far as the nine car was concerned." And I'm looking at the points battle. And at that point, I was pretty content. You know, I, I was cool with, with seeing C Bell get in, and um, I was cool with seeing um, Denny get in on points. So I, I was perfectly fine. And white flag comes out, and I, I I knew that Bell had the race win, and I was kind of just focusing really on on Bell. And I kind of glanced over, and I saw Hamlin. You know, they had the, the three windows. And um, I glanced over in Hamlin, and I, I see that he's battling uh, against Brad. And as everything is rounding up and they bring it to a full screen, all I see is this smoky blurb. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And then I'm like, there's no shot that was Ross. No fucking way that was Ross. And I look at the point standings off <clears> to <throat> the left-hand side, and I see him go plus four. I'm like, no fucking way this man just did what I think he just did. And they go back and they show the fucking replay. This man grabbed the gear and flew. And I was astounded 
I was mad as shit originally because I was like, there's no no way you're going to be able to get into the championship four doing that. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. And I thought back to it. I'm like, I'm just mad as shit because I didn't think about it. Like, that was cool as balls. For him to go and do something like that and to listen back to all of the, the radio chatter between different teams, between his team, um, and to see how that culminated to that point was unbelievable. And for him to think about something like that, um, that wasn't the plan. I, I can guarantee you that that when the green flag dropped for all 500 laps, and he said, if I have a situation where I got to pass a few cars, I'll fly against the wall. That was not anything that he was thinking about. That was such a just pull out of the pull out of the mind kind of thing and, and, and go for it. Um, and there was one driver that really, really wanted to be here and be in the final four was Ross Chastain. Not even a question about it. Christopher Bell had the, had a, had the best car when it mattered the most and has won a couple races this playoff. But Ross Chastain has shown time and time again that he will do whatever necessary to try and do whatever he needs to either win or to advance, whatever the case may be. Whether you deem it dirty or clean, he is going to go for it. I know that Coda rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, the way that he raced AJ and Alex. Um, and I'm sure that this move didn't rub everybody the right way. But this is a byproduct of NASCAR. And I will not blame Ross Chastain one second for doing what he did because NASCAR has allowed these drivers this liberty. NASCAR has allowed drivers to do whatever they see fit to find their way into the next round, whether that be the round of 12, 8, or the championship 4. Whatever you got to do, they police things a certain way. And whether they find something dirty or illegal, that is entirely up to them and them alone. But what Ross did, just like Dalton said, that was the cleanest move he could have done. He could have easily gone down in the corner, wrecked the shit out of Chase Briscoe if he really wanted to. But the man did something that nobody thought not only would even happen, but thought would even be possible. I didn't even think it would be even possible. And he went and he showed everybody around the world that, it is very much possible, and if you are two points down at Martinsville, that is the way that you can get those two points back. So, bravo to him, man. Okay, with all that praise being said, I initially and still think that this was some of the most bullshit I've ever seen on a racetrack. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was entertaining, it was the WWE moment that NASCAR has been waiting for for the last 20 years, whatever. I, I don't care. I thought it was horseshit. Um, I thought it was a stupid move. I thought it was dangerous. And I think, and I will always think, and people have, you know, cussed me out on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, about what I'm about to say. It takes away integrity of over racing in America. I, you can't tell me otherwise. I'm sorry. Now, maybe I'm one of these guys that have been thinking traditionalist all these all these years and, and have just finally been, you know, open the curtain uh, to see the little dude behind the computer on the uh, Wizard of Oz. Um, and that that's the whole point of the last 20 years in the chase and all this stuff is, is to have just dumb entertainment moments like this. 
And maybe I'm at fault for thinking that. But but me as a race fan, not a NASCAR fan, as a race fan, this is fucking embarrassing. Um, this dude, A, went over the crossover gate, could have destroyed his car even more than he already did, littered the track with debris, could have done that to fans in the stands, and I don't feel like that's that's safe. This man's head has to be jello now. I don't know if he's got concussion-like symptoms and he's going to stay in the race car because why wouldn't you uh, to win a championship? Because his head did this multiple, probably 30, 40, 50 times in the eight seconds that it took to get into turn three and out of turn four. I don't like any of that. I don't like the fact that if the six and the 11 were 0.1 seconds further behind Christopher Bell, he would have rear-ended the six car at probably 130 mile an hour when the six was only doing about 110, 115. I don't like any of that. I think it's all a joke. I think it's all unsafe. And I think the fact that this unprecedented move happened is great for the press for the sport. It's great to get people in. But I think that it is probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen as far as just throwing a Hail Mary because it was so dangerous. And I find it akin to running straight through the S's at Coda and gaining two seconds. Because he gained two seconds doing something that's not in in good faith in in at an integral part of racing um, anywhere, or especially at Martinsville, where you only have one line and that's the bottom line. He ruined what I thought was going to be one of the best finishes that we've seen in Martinsville in years. Because if you look at the laps leading up to that, the twenty book going through the field, the fourteen um, staying. For, for, for a little bit on no tires. The, the 41 getting dumped by the field, not being able to block the whole, whole guys. The the 5 and the 11 battling, the 6 battling up through the field and bumping and running, switching places every other corner. It was amazing. It was astonishing to watch. And it all got ripped apart by this one jackass who did a really unsafe move and drove two seconds faster, 20 mile an hour faster, around the fucking outside of the wall. That's not, it's not that he did something that's unprecedented that it, it was cool to me. It just, what what's the point of me watching a 499 lap race? What's the point of me working a 499 lap race only to have lap 500 be decided by some fucking bullshit? And what does that mean going forward for Martinsville? What does that mean going forward to Phoenix? Because it can happen at Phoenix too. I don't like it. I don't like it. Cool TV. I will I will hand you that. Ross Chastain made the coolest TV NASCAR's ever seen. I don't like any of it. That's Alex Rants for today. <laughs> I mean <clears throat> I mean good points, uh, but I don't think you'll see that again, honestly. Like whether they make a rule about it or not, like I I highly doubt people are gonna do that ever again. Yeah, I I, I, I feel like Ross is the only guy but... that would you know, do something like that. But I just, I don't know. People, people fighting online to calling drivers names and shit like uh, crew chiefs and whatever for having the opinion that that's not okay. Um, I, I don't know. I just, it doesn't sit well with me because that, that to me makes me feel like the fans of the sport aren't fans of the sport in, in the nuanced way that I am. And I don't know how you can enjoy racing without the nuance because you don't get this every single day. And, and this is what I'd say 60% of the fans are looking forward to when they drop the green flag every day. And you get people 
even coming to see the sport like this, how many are going to stick because they can't understand the nuance? Are we going to get like two, two, three percent of this popularity bus come watch Phoenix this weekend and then and then just wither away if they can even make it through the 312 laps because of the nuance? Like, like I don't know. I, that's just me. Like motorsports is is very procedural, but it's also entertaining to watch it happen. It's 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 like a story almost to me, and and I don't I don't read a book expecting at the end for the book to burn to the ground in my hands, and that's what I felt like happened in Martinsville. I mean, I I will say this: Why does Bowman Gray sell out whenever they have a race? I don't know. That place is a fucking joke. It's because they call it the Madhouse. It's literally because it's a demolition derby every year. Does yeah. that make it good though? Does that make it good? Does so, that that place is is a joke to the motorsports community, is it not? It, oh, it is. But what I'm saying is people like that shit. And I'm not saying that we're going to see this every week. I'm not even going to see say we're going to see this in the next 10 years. This is something that was so out of the box, but this happens weekly somewhere. And people have all these different clips of this shit that go all viral on social media. Whether it's good or bad, whatever kind of press you want, it's press. And, you know, I think this was the best possible thing that could possibly happen for one reason and one reason alone. This is the penultimate race before the championship race. So if you want to tune into a race, the next one you're going to watch is where a champion is crowned. And regardless of, of, of how you feel about Ross and, and what he did, this sport lacks personality in the worst fucking way. I'm sorry, but I can have a better conversation about anything than with Chase Elliott. This is, this is Chase Elliott. I'm sorry. The man has no personality on fucking TV. I love the dude. He's great. And off camera, he's awesome. But you need people who are going to be right here. They're going to be present. They're going to be on the camera showing you shit you've never seen before. You look at drivers that happened, you know, in, in, in the mid nineties, late nineties, boom of the sport. These drivers had personalities. A lot of these guys came from the South and they were just funny as shit and they did cool shit, you know, and, and you're going to have a field of drivers that is going to be so diverse coming into next season where you're going to have Ross Chastain, Noah Gragson, Ty Gibbs. You're going to have drivers that are loved, that are hated, and that are respected. And I think the more chaos that you bring when you talk about an individual driver is the better off you're going to end up being in this sport. Um, we're, unless NASCAR has some crazy revelation, which isn't crazy at all, to bring back horsepower, and allow these drivers to show what the fuck they're made of, you're going to have to have these moments that people are going to talk about for a while. Yeah. You know, this is this is a moment that I, I'm not going to soon forget. There are several different moments over the course of my life that I've remembered solely based on a moment. 2012 right. Watkins Glen, just a moment. I, 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 whenever I think about that, I think of about three different places on that final lap. I think of the Kyle Busch spin, I think of them in in, in, in uh, the bus stop, and I think of them coming off of uh, turn six. So yeah, but that, that was good, was... hard, fair racing. What you can do absolutely. in a stock car, absolutely. And, and so, 
I, I don't know. It's just like for me, like I, I can ask this adult. Like, for example, you are the heel of the fans of all things. You are a Kyle Bush fan. That the heel. It is okay to have a heel. Every I, I like Kyle Bush because because I don't like Kyle Bush. I like Ross Chastain because I don't like Ross Chastain. Because we need those guys. They're good for the sport. But had had he not had that feud with Denny. Do people like him, or is he just a punk? Or, alter, alternate way to ask this question, if Kyle Busch does this to the same effect, is this move popular? That's also a good question. Because if it's not popular with every driver because it's batshit crazy, then I, I don't under, I, I don't, I don't feel like, like, I don't, I don't feel like it's okay in general, but I, I feel like even more it's not okay. Because if you can look at me and you can tell me that the fans would be electric if Kyle Busch did this to the same accord that they were with, with Ross, I might give them a little bit more pro, uh, prospects for Part of me thinks that it, it would be insane no matter who does it, but I mean, Kyle does get hated for literally every damn thing he does, so... Maybe like a people would call like bad shit stupid or something like that. I don't know, but I mean, obviously, good question. But yeah. Keith, if Denny Hamlin does this, what happens? Well, I, I think that if Denny does it, it's not going to be received well. But you also have to look at it like this: What driver has done crazy shit this year? I mean, Ross. He, That's he, it. He, if, there, if there was one motherfucker that I was going to peg as to be rim riding around Martinsville, running the fastest lap that's ever been put down, Ross fucking Chastain was going to be the guy that I would have pegged for it. And that is exactly who the fuck did it. Not every driver is built like that. I'm right. sorry. Kyle, Kyle Busch is not built like that. He's a driver that ruffles feathers and he races hard. No, Kyle, would, and, Kyle never does that. Exactly. Never. You know, like Chase Elliott, he keeps to himself. He's reserved. He races hard, maybe a little bit in over his head every once in a while. Denny Hamlin, he's methodical. He's very retaliatory and um, kind of passive-aggressive. Um, Ross Chastain, is, he embodies chaos. And he just went and showed everybody, this is who I am. And whether you like it or not, you are not going to be the driver or the person that is going to have their name etched into history. You right. know, like at the end of the day, Ross Jastain is the guy that is going to be running for a championship. No one else is going to be running for a title. Anybody that has a problem with it, they're completely within their rights to, to feel a certain way. But Ross Jastain did exactly what he did based upon the NASCAR rules. There was no NASCAR rule about it. There was nothing that said there wasn't even a gray area. There just wasn't even anything said about this that you can't or can or can't do this. So Ross Chastain doing this is it shows everybody who this guy is. And whether you want to like him or dislike him for it, that is entirely your prerogative. And I'm sure that there are some people who are Denny Hamlin fans that don't like him anymore because of this. I know they've had their spats, but I'm sure that they have even more reservations about it. Or some people who just didn't like the move. Some people who didn't find it to, to, to be, yeah, like up to, uh, up to snuff in, in terms of motorsports. Um, and 
these drivers, they need to have people who dislike them. I'm sorry, you're not going to have one driver that's going to be liked by everybody. It's just not fucking possible. Um, and so he went, and he, I'm sure he made some more fans out of this. I'm sure he has plenty of people lining up. Oh, I guarantee you he did. Absolutely. And, and, and there's certain people now that they're within the social media world or in the sports world or in the entertainment world. They have never heard the name Ross Chastain. The last time they probably heard the name Ross was on the fucking show Friends. So now they have this name in their head. Now they have this sport in their head. And now they're understanding, oh, that's what this is about. So this can be like this. You know, it's not just making left turns. Ross Chastain never fucking turned left. He let go of the steering wheel. So it's one of the most chaotic and unbelievable and unprecedented moments in sports history. And whether you like it or not, it's it's there forever. And oh, undoubtedly. It's, it, it's something that people can, can love, they can hate, they can critique. But Ross Chastain just showed everybody that I am that motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, for me... The reasons I don't like it, I think, are very valid. And I think that when people people aren't looking at it, they're looking at it from a zoom-in lens of sports entertainment. They're not looking at it from a motorsports whole. And crazy shit happens in motorsports all the time. There are moves moves that we look at and we're like, we think that it's, it's physically, humanly, and mechanically impossible to happen. But this, this is to another level, and honestly, I, I mean, I kind of hinted at it earlier with, with, with straight line and the S's at Coda and gaining 10 seconds. I feel like if this is not cheating going forward, then this that's some bullshit because I feel like that's cheating. He, he This man, Mario Kart, boosted himself. He, he took the Formula E uh, fan boost, whatever the hell it, that they've got, and, and he wall rode and, and basically took a shortcut by going the long way around. I don't know. I none of it sits well with me. I'm happy that the sport is going to profit a lot from it. I'm happy that more people are going to be brought into my sport because of it. But I also think it's it's not not the right way that I want it. And I can say I, that I mean, because I'm an elitist snob. <laughs> I mean, Phil Surgeon even said that car was not lasting on the lap. I mean, the way that these cars are built nowadays, that was the hail mary move. He couldn't have done this, you know, like. 10 laps to go no this was something that it it, it was so last second you know i i think if somebody did this lap after lap after lap that's where you had to like listen get the fuck off the wall you're being ridiculous part exactly you know if this was something that gets done weekly if this got done multiple times in a race then you police it but something that no one else has ever thought of I mean, I can't say no one else. Kyle Larson thought of it, but no one else thought to do it in Martinsville. You know, Darlington, you, you, you live on the wall. You know, yeah. if you want to try the same thing at, at Homestead, go for it. If it happens, if it happens this week at Phoenix, if if somebody is 0.3 seconds off the leader and they send her in the, into three with that banking, they can make it. I mean, we've 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 seen one of the guys that that follow us that we follow, uh, Nathan on on Twitter. Not our Nathan, but one of the other Nathan, super uh, uh, big RFK seventeen Kansas fan. He posted a thread last night. We retweeted it about uh, where this can m- work time based 
on on iRacing. Obviously, iRacing is not real life. Phoenix works. Phoenix works. It's three tenths of a second faster to go that way. Not quite as fast as what Ross did at Martinsville. But if this happens this weekend, because it can work, what do you guys do? Do you guys think that's okay, Dalton? Um. Oh man. I kind of don't know how to answer that. Really, I, I I'm just gonna keep. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep saying it. Like I, I don't know if anybody's willing to do this again. I I think. If it happens, and this is a, a fat fucking if, and the only person that's going to be crazy enough to fucking try it is going to be Ross Chastain. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I think that Joey Logano and Team Penske, Roger Penske would rip Joey Logano to fucking shreds. Right. Ch- Chase Elliott, he's too reserved to do something like that. And Christopher Bell, he's fought way too damn hard to get where he's at to go and run his car into the fucking wall to do it. The only person to do it that I think would end up right. doing it, and Justin Marks would back him 110%, yep. is Ross Chastain. Um, I think if he were to try this um, and it works, give him the title. But if if this happens and he wins the championship this way, you outlaw it right then and there. Okay. If this happens two consecutive weeks by one driver especially, you let him have the title, say, good job, you thought of something, you don't ever fucking do it again. Don't you ever try this ever again. And that's where it'll stay. It'll be vaulted. It'll be for everywhere to see as far as, as motorsports history is concerned. But he wins the title that way. You give him the title and you tell him don't ever do this again. Same thing with like the T-Rex car. Cool. You won yourself a Winston. Enjoy the winnings. Don't ever bring this car back here again. So that's kind of where I stand on it. I'll probably have my reservations for it in the moment. And I don't really know if I can look at that championship as, as a, not, not necessarily a legitimate championship, but a championship that I can really respect. But at the end of the day, if it works, it works. But okay. if I'm NASCAR and that happens, you better make sure that never happens again, especially if you're going to have it for a championship. You got anything to add to that, Dalton? I, I think he was spot on there. Okay. All yeah. right, so we started this conversation earlier when we were talking about the Xfinity race, um, and you said that Ty Gibbs was your favorite driver coming into 2022. You were all in on the 54, what it, what that number meant to you as a Kyle fan, uh, the Monster Energy sponsorship, everything, you were just all in. Um, I mean, he was too. He was all in going into turn one on the final lap. What do <laughs> yeah. you have to say about that? Uh, so yeah, like, uh, what I was going to say was like, uh, I was all in on Ty Gibbs, like starting last year and into this year. And I, I regret it. Um, I know a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, it's just cause he's taking the 18 car next year. I, while that might have a little bit to do with that, like it didn't bother me, you know, like when, when Kyle left JGR basically just to put tying that 18 car, like, I mean, it put like a bad taste in my mouth, but it still didn't bother me. Like I was still going to. Poor time. I mean, he's a he's a damn good race car driver, and he will be. But, so, I mean, I got to give him that. But this right here was just stupid. I mean, you you called the Ross Chastain move stupid. This right here was a thousand times worse. Um, at least we took note this weekend that Ty has no respect for his teammates. Um, completely unbelievable that you're locked in. You have a shot to 
put another teammate of yours in the championship four because you got three J uh junior motorsports cars in the championship four. Right. <laughs> Dude, and you're, you're like outnumbered here already. You got an opportunity to put your teammate in there and you dump his ass. And of course, Ty was like, you know, oh, well, I, I didn't mean to wreck him. Pull fucking shit. Pull fucking shit. Look, look, your front bumper is absolutely caved in. And you still got out, celebrated like a madman, uh, compared yourself to Jesus. Like, it, you had no remorse. Like, you know what you did. Uh, you 100% meant to recommend the wall. That's, that, that's just not right. Um, I do not agree with uh, dumping somebody like that. Uh, I, I don't care who you are. I'd be very disappointed if Kyle did that to somebody. Like, that's not who you are, you know? I mean, he could have easily dumped Alex Bowman in the Martinsville race last year to get to the right. championship four, but that's not Kyle Busch. He's not going to do that. And honestly, I've been very mad if he did that. Um, so, yeah, um, I lost a lot of respect for Ty Gibbs this past Saturday. Um, he's going to have a hard time uh, getting it back. He still hasn't learned. He's he's had a lot of run-ins this year. It's, just, it's not getting better anytime soon. Uh I do not believe when Joe Gibbs said that he's going to police it or uh, have a conversation about it. I, I don't think he's going to do shit. I don't think he cares, uh, it, which is the most unfortunate part. Um, I don't know. Just That's why I'm pulling for Noah Gregson this, uh, for the championship this Sunday. I was all in the tie guess, but now I'm hoping Noah Gregson just beats that ass. Uh, it's just I've tried my hardest to be a Ty Gibbs supporter. Um you know, I, I know he's a kid, like the, plain and simple, he's a kid and he's learning to get his footing into this world. And I try my hardest to just say, you know, he's learning, he's getting better. He's being a little more, you know, reserved about some things. And then he goes and does some dumb shit like that. Right. Um, I remember I, I, I was watching it live and I, I knew it was going to happen. I, I mean, for four straight restarts, this man was beating the shit out of the 19's bumper and doing everything he can to move him out of the way, shove him out of the way. And the 19 paid him back. And, you know, if, if it weren't for Sheldon Creed um, not being underneath that 54 car, I think Brandon Jones goes ahead and wins that race. But because Ty just wanted to get to the back bumper of that 19 car so damn bad, I mean, you cannot sit here and tell me that you didn't mean it, that you just meant to move him out of the way. That was not a move. I, I mean, that dude threw his car so deep into the corner. It, it's it's just ridiculous, the fact that you're going to go and you're going to wreck your teammate, you know. And there's been teammate run-ins. There's been teammate spats. You know, you had the you – know, you're Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson back in, you know, like 2009, 2010. Same with you know, Kyle Busch, Jenny Hamlin. They had their, their teammate spat. Um, Joe Logano, Brad Keselowski – you know, it happens. I get it. And, you know, you, you rub a little bit, you, you move each other a little bit, fine. But that's – given the situation, there's no justifiable action in that. You got a driver that's a team of the years that can fight for a championship and can absolutely be a vital asset in terms of you being able to win a title. Um, and now – Brandon Jones is going to junior motorsports next year. So yep. really he is out. He's out number four to one next week. Yep. Not just three to one. He is out number four to one, five to one. If you want to include Sam Mayer in that too. So he has everybody, everybody looking at him. And 
for Joe Gibbs to say that he's going to reprimand him and, and and do whatever he must to try, to try and police that, my ass. I'm sorry. Like, if you're not going to – That's gonna, your grandson, sh- bro. You're not going to do shit. If you're Obviously, not he's not going to do shit. It, your grandkid will literally get away with murdering your kitten if you have one. Like, hey, that's hey, just how grandparents yeah. work. Yeah. Like, no. it, it's like – and I'm sorry, but I won't believe it until I see it. You yeah. know, like, like uh, unless you show me something publicly, like, yeah – we're going to sit him out for, you know, X amount or, you know, we're, we're going to do this. I don't believe it. Um, so what really, really pisses me off is the fact that he does his burnouts like – and Kyle Larson and Watkins Glen get to Chase Elliott and he wins the race. He gets out of the car. No burnout. Dude looks like he just kicked a puppy. Like yeah. he had so much regret. And Ty Gibbs had none of that. None of that. And, and, and then, like Dalton said, compared himself to Jesus, said, oh, Jesus was hated. And I was like, what the? That is so fucking wild to say after you just dumped your teammate because you think that fucking Jesus is going to be like, ah, oh, rock on, dude. You did exactly what I would have fucking done, you dumbass prick. Like, it's just so fucking silly to me. And this man has gotten away with so much dumb crap over the last season. And. I, I mean, I'm not going to say that I hope that 54 gets dumped by the 19, but I will be clapping if that is the case. Right. Because yeah. that man what, deserves What does Brandon everything. Jones owe JGR? In Nothing. He's fucking he, out of there. Right. He owed his crew a championship, and he was fighting for it, and he was going to get it. Right? Yeah. That's what, that's what he did. His crew is pissed off at this punk-ass kid across the garage from him. What does he owe his crew now? He owes the 54 payback that's what he does like come on you don't do he that to everybody a teammate. Hey, you don't look so- look at this look at this weekend the last the last run from the cup race i told you i love the racing everybody going up and down through the field look at the justin algar and and, and uh aj almendinger racing look at that stuff look at how beautifully like poetic it is of the bump and run switch back bump and run switch back bump and run until something gives and this dude Comes in here, okay, I get it. Okay, you want to get by. Okay, I get it. You want to get by. You're not. I'm sorry. I need to win this race. Okay, I get it. And then gone. Like, what the fuck was that? How do you do that to your teammate? This dude has no self-preservation. He doesn't understand what being a teammate is, and he thinks he's fucking God. Like, dude needs to get fucking checked. He gets out of a race car with his helmet on and starts throwing hands. Nah. Somebody send Austin Hill after this motherfucker. Oh my it. god! The moment he does that, he's he'll definitely learn. I think that's the only way he's gonna learn is have is fuck up with Austin Dill, or Austin Hill, and then you'll find out. But oh, you know what Jesus. the sad part about this I mean, whole thing is? I, I thought this was gonna be the big storyline of the weekend. You know what the you know what the sad part about this whole thing is? Brandon Jones ain't gonna do shit. Probably not. <sighs> do, do, I hate to say do, it. I, I know he fucking wants to, but like that, that's just not the kind of guy he is, you know? It's not him. He, he is not that guy, and it sucks. I want yeah. it so badly to be him, but, I mean, then again, I, I just, Matt he doesn't owe, wasn't that uh, guy either. Right, right. But he, he, doesn't, he doesn't owe JGR anything. He owes his crew. He owes his crew payback. I, I feel that wholeheartedly because they worked 30 – two races or whatever to get him to the championship race in race 33. And he was this close to getting there. He had that. That was his race 
to lose, and Ty Gibbs lost it for him. And Phoenix is arguably Brandon Jones' best racetrack. Exactly. He is, he is a winner there on, on a couple occasions. The only thing that I could say that JGR gets out of this by not having two guys in, in, in the championship for is to have two guys walk out of the door with an Xfidia championship um, year after year. Because Brandon Jones could have, would have, and probably, I mean, um, probably would have walked out the door with the championship in his hand going somewhere else. So that's the only caveat for JGR, I think, that they get out of this. Yeah, it's just it, – it sucks all the way around. And, you know, I, I don't even know if Ty would have any remorse because he'd spoken to Brandon Jones. I don't know what his sponsors feel. I don't know what I mean, Toyota feels. Speaking to like, him is I'm, probably uh, not what Jesus would do. So No, of course not. Um, but it, it just sucks because, like, Toyota has such slim pickings right now. You know, especially in the Xfinity series, you got Chevrolet, which is it, it, it is a primarily Chevrolet dominated Xfinity series right now. Three, three of the four are, are just JRM Chevrolets right now. Um, Toyota really doesn't have a, a big stable of drivers, and one of your Toyotas wrecks another one of your Toyotas. It's just like it's watching your kids smack each other around and, you know, one falls to the ground and gets hurt and the other one's triumphant. It's like, what one do you fucking root for? You know, like it's just, it's hard. And I'm sure that Toyota is probably given their two cents to Brandon. Like, Listen, we want to win a championship. Please, please just don't fuck around with them. And I'm sure that his team is in his ear. Like, please dump the absolute shit out of this kid. Yeah, please. Um, you know, and, and and maybe if Dale Jr. said, hey, you know, if you want to, you know, give a little bump to that 54 car, I might give you a, a, a little bonus heading into next season, you know. So it, it, I'm sure he has a lot of different conflicting situations. And ultimately, I don't think anything's going to happen. I, I think the 54 um, is going to get off scot-free, unfortunately. But looking forward to the Cup Series when somebody tries to whoop his ass, I think that without a doubt, without a fucking shadow of a doubt, if he fucks around with Bubba Wallace at any given point, Bubba Wallace is laying that motherfucker I, out. I literally tweeted this. Uh, I, I did. I, luckily, I did have enough internet to tweet this out. Like right after uh, when I was in Neal Stadium, I tweeted out like Ty Gibbs gonna get his ass beat in the Cup Series, and it, yeah. that tweet blew up. Uh, there, there's a lot there's of people just too many guys it. up there that you don't fuck with. No, <laughs> and Austin Hill's gonna run some Cubs races next year too. So yeah. careful. Yeah. Just uh, not a fan. Not, this not weekend a fan has been headline after headline for NASCAR. Yeah, uh, man. some good, some bad. It's been, it's, it's, it's just been, it's been Martinsville of old rebranded into the Martinsville of new. That's that's as is is what I can say. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Is there anything else to talk about with these two things? Um, is there anything else to talk about with, with cup, with, uh, Xfinity, um, or, or do we just need to go ahead and and give our, our picks for Xfinity and, uh, uh, champions? I mean, I think we've hit on everything. Uh, my vocal cords are shot. Okay. (laughs) So we know Dalton's rooting for the nine. Uh, Keith, who you got for Xfinity champions? for, For Xfinity? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a big time Josh Berry fan, so I'm I'm going Tennessee all in boy. on Josh Berry. Tennessee boy, I wouldn't all, hate it either. All in on him. I think I think logically it's going to be 
Justin Allgaier's time to shine. Um, but I think I'm going to have to root for Noah Gregson because he's won me over this year. Uh, okay. What about the truck final four? Uh, I'm staying at home with the KBM bunch. Uh, Chandler, or, yeah, Chandler Smith. Um, I really – I have a crazy fucking feeling. It's going to be Ty Majeski. He, he got hot at the right time. It Dude, could. He never won a, a NASCAR event until he won at Bristol, and he went and won another one, and I think that he is going to secure his first career title in one of the craziest moments ever. But it really wouldn't fucking surprise me at all because right now we're, we're, we're fixing to have three champions in this series or in this sport with less than five wins in their entire career in all three series. Christopher Bell – Ross Jastain, Josh Berry, uh, Ty Majeski, uh, Chandler Smith. Uh, there's Smith. so many, Zane Smith, so many drivers that don't have a lot of wins to their names that are running for a title. So yeah. I, I think that's, that's pretty damn cool. I'm rooting for Zane Smith uh, or uh, Ben Rhodes to, to take it. I think Ben Rhodes has the most experience of these guys in the Final Four, so I think it's easy for him to go out here and win another championship, and he'll provide a really good uh, post-race interview. So that's, I guess, who's my final uh, who's going to be. No, I'm, I'm, if Noah Grayson wins his championship, prepare for a projectile vomit. Okay, yeah. just straight oh, into yeah. the stands, all over the green cactus flag stand. It's going to be also, good. Also, I have – I told you that I didn't think the race winner – of the race for, for the cup race was going to be one of the championship four. Technically, I think that it will be one of the championship four. I think Kyle Larson wins the race and, and the I think he's going to win okay. the owner's championship. The first A split time decision championship. I fucking feel it. I think he's finally figured out how this car's operating. Um, he went and he, he won at Homestead. He finished second in Martinsville. And I think he's going to go back to back in in season finales and win himself an Otis title. And uh, my heart says Chase Elliott, man. So I, I, I'm sticking with the nine team. I, I think it might be Joey, but I, I hope Chase pulls it out, man. Yeah. Well, it should be a good championship weekend in Phoenix. It's the most buzz I've had since they announced it in 2020 being at Phoenix. I think this is the most buzz I've had for this race. I hope that's the same for you. Uh, join us again next week with Dalton Good. We have the Rowdy Roundup starting around 7.30 next week, going to whenever people want to shut up talking about uh, the Rowdy uh, empire that was at JGR. Uh, Dalton, I'm sure you're going to lead some very good conversation about what was, what could have been, what should have been, and the fall out with JGR as well as your thoughts on RCR and stuff. Be looking for Jared Bakaisa to be coming back. He's going to be jumping on at the rear end of the show to help host. And, of course, Colton Cranmore will be back next week as well. Go check out Dalton Good. Uh, and he's not doing any more Rowdy Reactions this year. Actually, uh, no, I am. Oh, you are? You're doing uh, this weekend. This okay. weekend. This is this is the season finale of Rowdy Reactions uh, this Sunday. Plan on going live at 3 Eastern, uh, 2 Central. Uh, not only for the championship race, but – for the last ever 18 M&M's race. And also, yours truly is going to be on the car uh, for this Sunday's yeah, race. Uh, due to the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, fa- the picture the that you'll see car. when the, the outro music plays is the picture that's on Kyle Busch's car. Uh, uh, and go ahead and check Dalton Good out uh, on Twitter as well as his uh, podcast with his guys over on Left Turn Cult. They 
uh, do shows every Monday night at 10 p.m. So uh, they provide two to three hours of great entertainment. Go watch that every Monday. Go check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at FanFuelMSM, capital F, capital F, capital MSM, and uh, as always at FanFuelMotorsport.com. Nate's always pumping out good articles over there and doing some really good stuff on uh, Twitter and Instagram. So go show us some love there. Uh, and until next week at 7.30 for Rowdy Roundup featuring Dalton Good, Derek Bakaisa, and a bunch of Rowdy fans from around the country. Uh, we'll see you.